Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathDoorProds.com comic book podcast. Happy New Year, y'all. Yeah. Fuck you, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> We're still alive, folks. We're not famous enough. Don't worry. Yep, so I'm dead. <laughs> well, he is. I'm alive. Very much alive. You know today we have Nico? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Bernie, How unfortunately, cannot be joining us due to scheduling conflicts. But that don't stop He's the train, motherfuckers. Alive. But not inside of his soul. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Speaking of not stopping the train, uh, Birdie, he texted me and other people, and I think as Nico, I will talk to Nico about this, about uh, Hulk, the new Hulk book. Well, the new She-Hulk book that just called Hulk. I need some thoughts about that. And that book spins out from Civil War II. Civil War 2 has ended. And while I would like to hold off talking about this until Birdie gets on, I do not want to not yell at this for another week. Or two. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this book. Does, as fun as it would be to hear his thoughts on this <laughs> right now, I would like also for us to wrap up at least this portion of the Civil War talk. <laughs> Let's get it out of the way here. So, when we last left our intrepid heroes... Miles Morales and Captain America were standing on the steps of the Capitol building, White House, fucking whatever, I don't know. And they were having a very civil conversation. Ironic, really. Uh, then Captain Marvel shows up and says, hey, Spider-Man, you are under arrest. Come with me. And then there's a force field up. Then Tony Stark, presumably having been invisible up till now, jumps out in a Hulk-sized suit of armor. Then they fight. And fight. And fight and fight and fight. <laughs> and then Ulysses ascends to being a god. Hmm. Just he's having fucking future visions and then the universe shows up and says, hey, you're one of us now. Get your ass in here. Wait a second. <laughs> The universe in what sense? Like eternity or like one of those like Marvel gods? Or yeah, yeah, like... yeah the, the universe in the, I believe, I believe that he is just called the universe. Is it the one where you can just see like the solar system in his body? Yeah, he's the big guy. Uh, he Eternity then. Okay. Let me just. Right? I'm, yeah, because I yeah, just. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's eternity. Okay. Yeah, he's he's been in Silver Surfer uh, most recently. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Eternity is he, there. He says, "Hey, Ulysses, you've shown them all you can. You've shown them all you can. It's now time you join us among the pantheon of fucking space dicks." Ah, oh, no, Bendis fucking made him one of the uh, the cosmic characters. Oh. <laughs> yep. You don't fuck with those characters, man. Those have been around since, like, the beginning of Marvel. <laughs> no. Oh, that's just insulting. <laughs> yeah, and this is after he has fucking just, like, just has a train run on him of just possible future after possible future. One where Ultron took over. One where fucking all the mutants are dead and Spider-Man is there crying. Like, like his actual mask has changed so that he looks sad in the mask. 
Sorry, did so did he ever end up actually killing Captain America? Nope, no one did. Uh, okay, I didn't think so. Because right, the books are still going on, and they somewhat addressed it in Bendis's, uh the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man book, but not really. So I was like, okay, that's kind of odd. Did they explain why some of the things that he, the premonition is having aren't coming true? Nope. <laughs> okay. Great. Yep. <laughs> it's just, hey, sometimes the vision are right, sometimes they're wrong. And why does he deserve to be a god? <laughs> because shut up. Oh god. I'm making too much sense of this, apparently. I'm trying to find the logic in this event. I there's none to be found, apparently. Yeah, so after that all happens, uh Cat Marvel just basically straight kills Tony Stark. Also it was Captain Marvel yeah. that kills him. Interesting. Okay. Well, I say pretty much kills. Because he's not actually dead. He's in a coma. Okay. The smartest minds in the Marvel Universe don't know how to bring him out of it because he spent a bunch of his time experimenting (laughs) on his own body. Right. (laughs) Of course. Of course. And Captain Marvel receives no punishment for this at all. Just Beast says, hey, you were kind of a dick. Then she goes, talks to the president and says, hey, I want to start implementing new things. (laughs) <laughs> well, first of all, <laughs> in that situation, I don't think Beast should be commenting on anybody. <laughs> first of all, it's, I don't. The, not the, <laughs> it's the same fucking like, bullshit they did in the first Civil War. Just the fucking pro registration yeah. side does so much horrible shit, and then Tony becomes the head of Shield and is amazing. Right, but and now it's the, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and then in this, Captain Marvel does. So much horrible shit, and then gets fucking promoted by the president into an actual position of real law enforcement authority. Fuck me. (laughs) And the entire time this is happening, fucking Miles Morales is in that little bubble, just punching and screaming, just fucking stop already, Jesus. Jim Starlin must be pissed, that's all I gotta say. Because I must be pissed, which I am. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, this is what a fucking loud. So, so hold on a second. So, what exactly was this genius ending that Ben just came up with that he had to change everything apparently to add one more fucking issue? Uh, what, what, what Ulysses ascends to godhood, and then Captain <laughs> yeah. Marvel says, "Hey, let me do more shit." You know that's they're just going to fuck off that character up in the space because it's one of the... It seems like all the characters that they just want to get rid of now, they just put in space. <laughs> so Nick Fury, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Stick him up there. He's the watcher now. Like, are they going like, to... You know what I mean? Like, they're definitely... They're definitely... Um, they're aligning definitely all those, like, I guess those cosmic characters that really don't show up that often. So in that sense, they're like, they're forgotten about all those. You know what I mean? Like, Eternity and those fucking guys only show up on a rare occasion. Like, they're not characters that ever are able to hold titles of their own. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know the, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, in a Silver Surfer story where they're important to show up, they'll show up. Or in one of those other cosmic type books, like, I wouldn't say it's out of place for them to show up maybe in like a Guardians book or something, but it's not like they have like a fucking ongoing storyline that people are following. Oh yeah, no, like no one, their, no yeah, one gives a shit right. right now about the fucking cosmic characters unless the Silver Surfer or the Guardians are there. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the, the fact that they just stuck him in the space to be with one of those omnipotent type characters, like, it's crazy. Like, I, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't feel great about, like, I, I, I waited for this show to hear about this. Like, I avoided spoilers on this event the whole way through. I, I, I you've been kind of the one that's been telling me this event as well throughout because I haven't been reading it. Um, but that's, that's fucked up. I don't like that ending at all. Like, what kind of an ending is that? It's a non-ending. It is a Civil War yeah. ending. Yeah. Just, oh, so one of the guys is basically dead, so... That's it for the war, I guess. We win. Yay. They should have at least explained why, the, like, how his... Po- they didn't even explain how his powers fully work. <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. They actually kind of did. Okay, well, how so, though? That's, so why, in, that's why I was asking So you. in the second issue... Was like, when right. Tony Stark kidnaps him from a rival, when when Tony Stark kidnaps him from an independent nation, causing an international incident, he maps his brain and determines through science that his power isn't actually predicting the future. It is taking in just a stupid amount of data and then producing a simulation of the most likely outcome. Oh, that's right, a, pro- a probability. Okay, so they did say that early on, but. Yeah, and and so and so that's why and so that's why Tony was going around to every single like non-white character and saying, "Hey, this is profiling." Yeah, but that's I mean. <laughs> and then a bit later, but, but, and then a bit later, uh, yeah. like he has a sit down with Carol, and he, it's the dumbest fucking thing. It is the dumbest yeah, goddamn well, thing. <laughs> like they, like they sit down, they sit they they sit down with each, they sit down with each other, and uh, and so Carol's like. Like yeah, there's some fucking degree, whatever. But but we, this information is good. And Tony's like, what percentage of error? What what like percentage of error is appropriate for you to just start jailing people? And then she gives the dumbass response of, hey, if if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, this guy is a bomb. If there's a ten percent chance he's a bomb, I'm gonna take him out. Which isn't how law enforcement works. I think <laughs> the whole thing doesn't make sense. If they can. It- and this, is all, this is all is, so dumb this is all so dumb because carol is so it, fucking pig-headed about this shit here's the thing though it, it's not you it, no you're right you're absolutely right but it, to me it, it the worst part about it is it's such a like it's so thin of a of a of a premise to go on of like why like that once you start chatting about it like we just are right now everything falls apart and does not make sense like you can't even go on like i think we went on about the civil war the original more than we could go on about this because as soon as you start talking about it 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 just falls apart it really they really there's no like it does not make sense like her argument throughout the whole event from what i've heard at least in the tie-in books from what i've seen is not valid as soon as the book starts like it's just here's the thing though the tie-in books actually do a worse job of painting everybody in the fucking main event than the main book does. They in the main book they make her look the best, right? Is that what happens? No, 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 no. In, no, in the main book, she is still stupid. She is still like fucking drinking paint, right? But she, but you can see kind of where she's coming from, like the way that she, the way she goes by handling things. She doesn't like enjoy doing this. She doesn't actively go out after her own friends. It's just should something come up. She had like a vision pop up that says, hey, one of your friends is going to do something terrible. She will arrest them. Like, like the fucking look on her face when fucking Miles Morales was shown holding Captain America's dead body. She didn't look fucking real stern and shit. She looked like 
she looked like surprised and kind of sympathetic. That is all Dave Marquez, by the way. Oh, sure. Yeah. But in the fucking like in the Power Man Luke Cage tie in fucking she yeah. comes she comes down and like, she comes down. And it's like, hey, Luke, don't bring her to the presence. Like you can't stop me. And then she just turns around to her fucking death squad and says, you all heard me. He I tried to be cordial. Yeah. Now kill this motherfucker. I um. You're right. I I think I think though in in a couple of the tie-ins though like well you said that you, I think you just said they did a bad job but I felt that a couple of the tie-ins like they did the best with what they could obviously given this fucking stupid event. No, as no, the, the, the tie-ins are actually the tie-ins I actually really enjoyed the tie-ins because every single oh, one okay, of the tie-ins sorry, I misunderstood is, what you said. Yeah, yeah okay. every single one of the tie-ins is the main character of that book saying I don't want any part of this bullshit and then being slowly right. sucked into it. Right, right, right. Well, that's. That being said, I'm just going to quickly mention, because I'm not talking about it tonight, I recently read, I don't know if you recall, I I, uh, I hyped up and, and talked very uh, much about how much I love the first volume of the the Ultimates book. Yeah. Uh, did you read any of that series at all, or any I read tie-ins? A bu- I read a bunch of it. I am, okay. I am a few issues behind, but I have been slowly catching up, and it's good. Okay, so I re- the second volume just came out, because I've been reading it in trade, and I read it. And of course, with this second volume, um, they sm- they run smack dab in the middle of the Civil War event, which I was pissed off about. Like like all books that you are enjoying to a certain point when it falls into the event territory, and it is one of the books chosen for that event. It's usually disappointing. Although um, in the past, I wrote off all kind of tie-ins if I'm not digging the event. I found that some going on, uh, like starting with this event, I found some of the tie-ins were actually pretty good, and I'm sure that's the case with other ones in the past i just i've been normally i avoid them anyways what i'm trying to say is this series was not as good with the civil war event going on in the second volume as the first volume but i still thought they did a pretty good job and i still enjoyed the series the ultimates but in that series they specifically because captain marvel captain marvel's part of the ultimates team they actually took these premonitions like these things that were supposed to happen and uh Dr. Brashear, uh, blue light, uh, blue, Del- blue, light- blue, Marvel. blue lightning, Mar- blue Marvel. That's it. <laughs> um, he, he was the one that, um, he actually took these events. And again, um, what the team was set out to do in the first volume was actually help, uh, scientifically use these things to help, uh, this, the situations and to learn from them and to grow as a team. Like they actually didn't divert from the team's like point of building this team. Like he, they, half the team, of course, disagreed with Captain Marvel, but they still did their due diligence to make sure that they weren't doing wrong by the team's like objectives, like what they set out to do. So like, I really liked the, their, their directive. Like I really in- enjoyed that fact about it. Like, like cause she em- envisioned this person attacking the earth. And instead of taking this guy out and killing him, they anticipated him his attack on the Earth and found out he wasn't actually attacking them. He was just a misunderstood being coming into this Earth's atmosphere that they basically were, were able to capture and find ways to communicate with him and go from there and actually um, help him and use him to, uh, to like, you know, uh, figure things out about the universe that they never knew as scientists. Like that's, that's what I really enjoyed about that. This second volume, like they actually took the civil war and twisted it on its head to make like the fact that, you know what, we know these things are going to happen. We have Captain Marvel on a team who wants us to do something about it, but let's make a positive out of a negative, no, which I, I so thought was really, yeah. That's the most retarded thing about all this. Actually, like just what you said, like what you said right there, that is the very obvious counterpoint to anything Captain Marvel says. 
Right. Like, like, in, like in the main time, like in the main book and in a lot of the tie-ins, it is just fucking hard line. If you are seen in a vision committing a crime, you get arrested. Mm-hmm. But, and, and, and it looks like there's that thing that she said, like, oh, somebody says there's a the guy with a bomb with a 10% chance they being being corrupt. I'm going to take the fucker out. That is, when I said that's not how law enforcement works, if law enforcement off, as far as I'm aware, and at least I think this is how this should go, if some kind of law enforcement officers or law enforcement agency gets credible information that a threat is going to happen, they will investigate that. If they find that there is a credible threat happening due because of that information, they will act. If they find there is a misunderstanding, then they'll just fucking back off. Mm-hmm. All, a lot of the shit, a lot of this horror, a lot of the shit that Cat Marvel did could have easily been avoided if she just investigated. Right. Well, that's well, that's that, that's what I'm trying to say. In, th- in this book, that's the team that was half against her, are the ones that pushed her into actually not just taking things at face value and question the theories itself. Which, which I don't think it could have. This whole event could have been avoided, at least for her making her look so bad and be such a bad guy in that sense. If she actually gave it a second thought, yeah, she, in- like you said, she was so pigheaded, bullheaded there against Tony. She just wasn't letting it go. Like she's like, no, this is the way. Yeah, everyone's fucking, gotta listen to me. In like, fucking yeah. two separate tie-in issues, they address they address this shit. Like fucking, there is a, there is a with Ms. Marvel. Like we said in that first tie-in issue. She stops two crimes. She stops two crimes based on the information given by Ulysses, and both of them, both of them that were stopped, they were stopped after some amount of crime has been committed. Like, like the first, like the first, like one of the first guys she takes down is like he stole a tank. That's a crime. Mm-hmm. Another guy picked the lock and broke into a grocery store. He did not go in there. He did not get a chance to go in to do whatever he was going to do. But that's still. Breaking and entering. That's still like unlawful entry, which is a crime. Mm-hmm. But so she, they, she, you know, scared him off or whatever. But then fucking her sister-in-law or whatever was like, dude, this is profiling. This is all racism, which it's not. Doesn't matter what race you are. Stealing a tank is a crime. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and then, and then, and then fucking, uh, and then Ms. Marvel started, uh, and then fucking one of Miss Marvel's buddies got arrested because he was about to burn down the school. And he was like, no, well, I wasn't going to burn down the school. I was just going to, like, fucking set up the fire alarms and stuff. It was going to be just, like, a little thing. And I'd be the hero. And I'd say the day. It's like, everybody love me again. But no. And so they fucking arrested him and threw him in jail for, like, fucking three months. Mm. And also, we now have a new future villain. One of the fucking, oh. one of the fucking cadets that Ms. Marvel was working with was like a full hard on believer of just absolute pre uh, absolute pre crime justice and is now super going to fucking try to kill Ms. Marvel or whatever. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> and then in spider woman, she actually yeah, fucking that. fucking uh, Carol hired Jessica to go out and investigate some of Ulysses visions. Right. And then fucking Hulk got killed and she just said, hey, fuck you, bitch. I actually really enjoyed, I think we talked about it before. I liked the, um, 
the fallout of that story with the Hulk and uh, Totally Awesome Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I had a had a great moment. Uh, Amadeus Cho about how he was lashing out out of anger and thought that he was quick to blame Clint, obviously for what happened, but he was just uh, acting out because he was angry that he lost his friend and like he didn't realize it until he actually saw Clint and how like how upset he was uh, by what happened as well. And like how he affected his death affected a lot of people close to them. And, and there was that great, like um, the spider woman moment. Uh, was that with the Hulk, the Hulk too? I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah it, was, it, was little flash, had, it was a little yeah, flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. where like they were hanging out at Avengers tower. And so she just kisses him and then just walks away and just sees him like turn super red and about to change into the Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, you know, uh, well done to the writers that really took this event and actually uh, did use those uh, storyline uh, plot points and make uh, interesting uh, storylines out of them throughout there. Like that, like they, we, you mentioned a couple of the actual books that, although Civil War did end up going through them, that I do read normally and I continue to read, like Power Man, Iron Fist, and Spider Woman. They did a, a great job of uh, involving this without derailing the series that much. Like you know what I mean? Like it was, it was well done. I, I really like those tie-ins. One but, of the worst uh, ones was the Sam Wilson tie-in stuff. Yes, I did read that too. I, I I gave up on the Steve Rogers book. I I dropped that. But oh yeah, I, I, I dropped I, it after fucking issue three. Yeah, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that Sam fucking Wilson, Sam Wilson well, book just. For those who don't know, I like his cast of characters in that though. Yeah. Like I like everybody else in the book. That's why it's hard for me to drop at this point. Yeah, but that but, but that Civil War yeah. bit. So for the, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, yeah, uh, the big through line of the Sam Wilson Captain America book is how a bunch of white people don't like a black guy being Captain America. Pretty much, and yeah. then the, and then the Civil War tie-in is a group of uh, faceless automatons called the Americops begin roughing up black people, and then um. I don't, is that also the U, the U.S. agent? Is that also have to do with the Civil War? Yes, or? U.S. agent was. I, be, I believe U.S. agent was called in in order to stop Captain America. Hi, right, Hydra Steve Rogers brought in U.S. agent to fight. Uh, to fight um, Sam. Sam Wilson. Wilson make him look bad in front of the public. Yeah, because yeah, because Sam was fucking just. Like, I'm I'm trying to like. <sighs> so I don't know if yeah. you caught the subtlety in that story. You know, it was, a, it was a very subtle message, but what's that? <laughs> in which story? In the fucking Sam Wilson Civil War tie-in. Yeah, yeah. I read it. I, I I can't recall though. I literally just said it. What? The fucking Americas beating up black people. Oh, yeah, 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 no, I know. All that it's, shit that was incredibly subtly yeah. woven in for some very subtle cu- uh, cultural commentary. Yeah, no, 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 it wasn't subtle at all. I, I know what you mean. Sorry, I thought you were, <laughs> I lost the thread there. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so fuck Civil War Two. <laughs> yep. I know that's that's uh, that's his thing now, though. Um, the right Nick Spencer, he takes the horrible things that are all happening in the world and is using them for comic ideas. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's his, you yeah. can be a bit more subtle about it. No, I know. I, know I, 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 I remember. I remember back in the day when the mutants mattered. 
And it was, and it was all like, oh yeah, so anything happened to the mutants is just an allegory for what's happening in the real life, you know, many minority. But now, but now they're just taking away all fucking subtext and just making it the actual text. Well, I mean, you could call, I, you could say the same thing about the lazy writers that are basically just now writing Donald Trump into their comics. You know what I mean? Like they, they, there's not even like there before there was just people where they're like, yeah, hey, look at this character. He's kind of like Donald Trump. But now I've actually seen him appear in a couple of comics, like as himself. <laughs> like, well, there's, even... a, there's, there's a difference in that. Like, I, okay. No, 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 actually you're right. That You're totally right. But I know what you're saying. It is of the times in that sense, but it's not even clever the way they're kind of even going about the crazy things that he's saying. Uh, or was during his uh, election period. Like there. Well, you don't really need to go any kind of like Citizen Jack was kind of the last like almost Donald Trump esque thing before Donald Trump actually won the presidency. Because fucking Citizen Jack is about a fat asshole with fake hair just being a racist and winning the fucking presidential, the fucking presidential debate or fucking election or whatever. Well, is, that, is that the image book where he talk, there's a demon or something? Yeah, it's the image uh, book where the fat asshole yeah. from fucking Minnesota becomes president because the devil helps him. <laughs> Okay, no, I didn't read that. Was yeah, that it was pretty good. Was that, yeah? Yeah, I liked it. It's a bit more prophetic now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's not to get all political, but yeah, you're right. Civil War II was a bunch of bullshit. and uh, was yeah. a bunch of horse hockey. <laughs> it was uh, a bunch of desiccated semen. Why, why must we talk about the bad thing? <laughs> <laughs> because the bad things are the biggest things. Uh, anyways. <laughs> when people sit down no, and talk I- about the fucking biggest books come out in the fucking year, they're not going to be fucking sitting down and saying, oh, yeah, that fucking. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a good. So, I'm trying to think of a good small book, but I'm drawing a blank right now. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, wayward. No one's, no one's going to be sitting there fucking. Talk about wayward as some big fucking cultural landscape, but fucking Civil War too. Sure, that's gonna last. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuck yeah, me. Know, you, you know the ramifications of Civil War two are definitely gonna <laughs> definitely gonna change everything going forward. Like like every event. <laughs> yeah. Now every event. Now every event will have one good issue and then end anti and then end incredibly anticlimactically. I. uh... I will be talking about their next big event, though, as I'll be reading it. Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> right, that's Definitely happening. Definitely talking about that one. Oh, yeah. I was like, after the Civil War II bullshit, I was like, five-issue mini event? I'm like, on board. People punching monsters? Done. <laughs> I'm way more into that than whatever the fuck this was. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Cullen Bunn writing uh, people f- punching monsters? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, dog, fuck it. <laughs> So I'll be I'll be talking about that one if we'll be talking about that event. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, good 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 job go, making it all the way through a year later through Civil Wars. <laughs> I think they, I just they just announced they're adding another issue. <laughs> that just came up with a, another clever ending. So now that you've read the ending, do you think that he actually needed to rewrite this whole ending of this event? No. <laughs> or was it just horse shit? Yeah, I thought so. It was just fucking horse hockey. And unless the unless the entire thing was like added unless like the fucking Unless that extra issue was added so that he could have a conversation between Spider Man and Captain America that was like really good. Yeah. There was no reason to add another issue to this. 
Yeah. God damn it, Bendis, you were once really good. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I've been liking his uh the Re- the Riri book so far. Uh that Iron Man is pretty good, but I I know what you mean. It's not like he on any level like he was years ago, definitely. But um yeah, I I I think he still writes some decent stuff here and there. Do you still read his Guardians? I dropped that a long time ago. I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't read it that, that anymore, but yeah. Yeah, anyway. Oh. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I'm just it's a big weight off your shoulder. Yeah, I'm just free now. Yeah. No but, I, I didn't mean to make too. that noise, by the way. That fucking squeak. I meant to just like fucking exhale and sigh. But apparently, there was a little bit of hate left that it had to like squeak its way out. Mm-hmm. My throat really hurts now. It's okay. Wait another few months. I'm sure there's going to be another year event that, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I seen on Twitter, uh, Hickman made a funny <sighs> comment, uh, I guess to, to anybody who's <sighs> talking shit about their most recent event. Now that he, he doesn't have any books going on in Marvel, by the way, <laughs> I guess he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just make this comment. He made the comment to say that, um, Civil War two is like the second event ever to actually finish the same year that it came out. <laughs> By basically talking shit about himself as well, but about how Secret Wars kind of went on and on, and and actually came out within two like two years instead of one. But that is so sad. It is so sad that (laughs) fucking Civil War Two was the only was the second book, the second event to finish. That's what he said. I don't know if that's like I'm sure that is the the true. I I haven't looked into it, but that's he made a comment on Twitter saying that basically. He's like, yeah, I'm also in, in, including myself in this. Like, he's like, uh, no one insults me like I insult myself. He went on to say after that. I just thought it was funny that he, he brought that to, 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 I guess, to ward off the Bendis hate a little bit. But Okay, I well, I need to go get a drink. Otherwise, my throat's going to fucking start bleeding. All right. <laughs> you talk about your first book, then. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to first talk about... Superman number thirteen, or I guess you can also talk about uh, include in that uh, Superman twelve to thirteen. Uh, this uh, was a little two part story uh, that continues uh, how great the uh, Superman series has been since uh, DC Rebirth started, and we've talked about it a couple times on the show and how much we love the series. Uh, after I initially talked about it and dead man caught up and, and, and reading it now as well. And, uh, and it's just continues to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think the best part about the Superman series uh, that Tomasi is doing a good job writing is that he's been writing these little two to three issue arcs. So like prior to this, you had that, like, um, like the monster Island, uh, like, uh, new frontier, uh, type story that he did that was basically just uh, to commemorate like Darwin Cook. Like he basically just took the New Frontier uh, storyline and did like um, a little return to uh, that island with uh, Superman and his son. So good. Uh, yeah. And then you had that and then you had the carnival issue. And then if they follow it up with this, uh, this fantastic little 
uh, two-part story uh, where uh, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, makes an appearance, who I'm a big, big fan of since they did the series when uh, Lemire first broke out on the scene of DC Comics, and he he was tasked to write that as the part of the the uh, original New 52 launch uh, years ago now, what, five years ago. Um, and, you know, he was a character that Morrison also wrote in The Seven Soldiers of Victory and, and other things. So I've really grown to love the character. And uh, the thing about this, the, that Frankenstein version that Morrison wrote, uh, Doug Bonkey, uh also drew him, who was the artist on this little two-issue arc, who's been the fill-in artist in some of these issues of the Superman so far, along with uh, um, Patrick Leeson as well. And, uh, yeah, no, it just looked, uh, it, it looked great. Uh, it was a fun little story. Uh, his girlfriend who, if you read that Agent of Shade, um, series, uh, Mrs. Frankenstein or whatever, uh, she, <laughs> she, uh, leaves him in the series towards the end of the series. They, uh, and she ends up appearing again in this little two-parter showing back up as they're both trying to apprehend this, um, this, person that's been a uh, monster that's been pretty much uh, impersonating somebody that works with Lois at her new um, paper job that she's gotten and as a reporter and she at first Lois kind of gets involved trying to apprehend her friend trying to understand that in Frankenstein's you know trying to capture her and fighting Superman at the same time trying to say you don't understand this person's a wanted criminal she's not what it she appears to be and then by the end of the first issue it's revealed that she's this other like creature and and then his wife shows up and and yeah it's just a, it's a lot of fun and basically at the end of it it kind of resolves with um Frankenstein trying to reconcile with his wife and his wife just ain't having it they have like a little moment she kind of walks off drops the ring that he has kept all this time of hers of their like you know their marriage ring and their wedding ring and um and then she kind of you know she goes off and he's like i'm not sure what to say to you now and frankenstein's like you know uh nothing to say superman he's like except goodbye and he kind of just wanders off going going his own way as he does frankenstein like and uh and at the end you get like a nice little moment with them uh, uh, tucking his son into bed back at home and it just continues to be such a fun little series and like i said i i really enjoy how they've bounced around with these little two three issue stories and while maintaining how fun the series has been um between this and the uh, Super Sons intro to like the Batman thing and the and the Monster Island thing and and the, and the Carnival issue, just all these fun little ideas that he's you can tell that he's having a whole lot, a hell of a lot of fun um, writing this uh, book and uh, I, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's oh, definitely, best, it is a it is a great it's great. Book. It's it's probably in like I would even say the top three rebirth books since they've started all these rebirth titles. I think yeah, definitely. Me, which is surprising and a lot to say because also, uh, didn't, I, yeah, in that story, didn't Lois Lane Jack Frankenstein's hover bike? Yes. Yes. That happens as well. So, so now, yeah. so now she has a hover bike and the hell Knight armor. <laughs> she actually learns how to fucking ri- uh, drive the thing. Because like, he, they try to take it back from her. She's like, no, 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 door, and I got this. And she like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, Lois, you want me to fly to go check out your friends? Like, no, I'm gonna go do that. You stay here and deal with this shit. I'll see yeah. you at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just between this and Trinity, and um, even a little bit in uh, Action Comics, from what I've seen, uh, although I, I haven't, I, I'm not caught up on that. Um, she's been really stepping up as a character herself as well, and kind of getting involved without any superpowers, and actually just kind of being like a strong. Uh, you know, female character, and you know, like she's way better than the snot nosed 
pain in the ass Lois Lane that we've come to know from previous versions. <laughs> like she's very. I really want to see where very... she keeps the Hell Knight armor on the farm. In Trinity, you mean, or like no, no, in, in in any of them? Just just. Oh I, yes, I, I remember. I I remember for whatever reason her keeping the Hell Knight armor. Okay, from what though? I don't recall. Uh, rem- from the Eradicator story. Remember, remember? Oh, from the first arc, from the first arc of this series, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, oh, went, to, yeah. they went to the secret bat. They went to the secret bat cave on the moon, and then she donned the Hell Knight armor to fight the Eradicator. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Actually, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. I would, because, I just, yeah, I would just like, love. I just love just like, just like uh, in like the main Superman book, just like Batman shows up and like lo- like Superman isn't there, so like Lois is giving him a tour and it's like, right, so here's like fucking John room. Here's here's uh, you know, hey, room. Here's that armor I stole from your fucking Batcave on the moon, you <laughs> jackass. Right. She has like her own like kind of sol- uh, fortress of solitude with all like her things that she's been collecting. <laughs> Yeah, it's, really in, like it's, in, it's in the shed. Yeah. It's it's in the shed. It's just a fucking wine fridge in the Hell Knight armor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a fun little idea, actually. I never, I, I forgot all about that. Good catch. Yeah, I um, yeah, no, it's it's just a it's a great series, man. I really love this series so much, and I, I really hope it continues. Like, um, and it's cool that he's going to go off and do his own thing with that Super Sons, in, uh, and he's also writing it, uh, Peter Tomasi, but he's doing it in that book. So, you know what I mean? Like, if it keeps separate from the activities in this book, for the most part, I think that he'll have a good balance of, um, uh, of, uh, kind of fleshing out John as a, as a character even more in, in that yeah, book definitely. as well. And yeah, so I, I think I really, I really like, to see, I like to see, like, more development between, like, his relationship with, uh, that, with his neighbor, with the neighbor girl. Yes, 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 yes. The one that, um, is basically like, um, uh, Clark's Lana. crush, uh, Lana, that's right. Yes. I forgot her name. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, have, to, so, I would have to see, like, like, in, like, in that, uh, in that, uh, that's, that's, in, that's when in, she was introduced in that, in that little two part with, uh, with Damien, right? Is when they kind of uh, addressed no, that. No, no, she was introduced, uh, she was introduced in the first issue after, uh, after John accidentally killed their cat. Oh, right. Um, you know who, who came back in that issue, which I don't have any backstory on, because, and I'm sure you do, because you, I think, read that series, was the... Nobody. Was the stuff... Was No, 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 but it was the stuff that Patrick Leeson was doing in the uh, Robin, Son of Batman, it, that girl that shows up, and then that creature... Um, you you said you read that series, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, like yeah, I that, did. yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, that's, remember, uh, yeah, that's Goliath, I think, and Nobody. That, who yes the daughter of uh nobody right that that's like she's the new nobody or? yeah she, yeah she's the new nobody oh, she okay. worked yeah right. she worked with uh damien during his um year of blood retribution thing okay yeah see that's the thing i i knew that that's where they were from but i hadn't read that series but i knew patrick gleason the artist uh, had written that one so i figured that's where they like that's because they kind of were going on about like they've already kind of interacted a whole bunch, Damien and her. I'm like, oh, I'm like that must be from that Son of Batman series. So yeah, okay, yeah. So when um, that, yeah, that Robin he went out to go do a bunch. He went he went out to go you know do shit, and then she comes along and is like, I'm gonna kill you because you killed my dad. And then the two of them ended up becoming bros, which was at the start of uh, the uh, Son of Batman. Batman and Robin series. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, but when yeah, he killed nobody, was that was the f- yeah that, that was at right. the start of Batman and Robin. That was before Damien really kind of started taking right. taking like real weight in don't kill people. And that was the um, that was the New Fifty Two series that uh, Tomasi wrote uh, when he killed him at the start, right? 
Yeah. Um, that nobody. Right. right. Yeah. I, that, I did read that arc. So I know about that. So yeah, no, that's really cool that they've continued all these little kind of threads going all the way back then kind of to now. So like even going into that Super Sun series, uh, Tomasi and Gleason and them, they've already written that character Damien for a while now. So it's not like they're just going into it bare bone. Like they have a history of writing this character already. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I, I'm really looking forward to that, um, to that series as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I keep saying it. I know I've mentioned it on the show before, but definitely pick up the Superman if you haven't been reading it. It's, it's really good. And it's, if, even if you're not a Superman fan, I think there's no way you can't like this series. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so, yeah, that's it for my <laughs> first book. <laughs> that was your awkward pause for the day. <laughs> Yep. I did mine I did mine earlier. You're like, I know, wasn't that wasn't that super like uh, racist or whatever? I was like, what? Was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways. I was like, what were you talking about? Sorry. Anywho. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Moving on to my first book, Aquaman. Yes, tell me, is this book good? It's alright. It. Yeah? Yeah, it's not it's not bad. You can you can read and you can read and enjoy it. It's it the entire series is delving super hard into uh into Aquaman as a foreign leader. Ah, into the underwater politics. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like like the beginning of this like the beginning of the uh series it is like Aquaman he he has set up a dry land embassy for Atlantis and then Black Manta attacks, fucks all that shit up. And then Black Manta ends up uh taking over a secret aquatic based organization called Nemo and then starts like launching all these terrorist attacks under the guise that they are done that they're being done by Atlanteans like he's sinking American submarines he's doing all kinds of horrible shit to American stuff and leaving like and leaving behind like Atlantean equipment but okay America being what it is they don't investigate that they don't investigate that shit that hard and then Aquaman does like oh these Atlantean helmets have breathing apparatuses in them Right. And Aquaman gets arrested. Uh, surface dwellers. Uh, yeah, he gets arrested. He gets arrested <laughs> right. by the United yeah. States government. Okay. Uh, Mara then just walks in and leaves with him. Like, like they keep shooting her stuff, but just fucking bullets bounce off. She just rips the fucking cell bars off. It's like, dude, you can do this anytime you want. Why are you fucking sitting here? Because politics, lady. Yeah, he's trying to respect the uh, human. Yeah, I get it. He's trying to respect their. Uh their their justice system. Okay. Yeah. He still escapes. Right. <laughs> and then Wait, everything so goes to of, Yeah. And then everything goes to shit when Nemo launches a full-scale assault on New York City. And this is the this is the organization that Black Mana has taken over, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, they are using <laughs> yeah, they're using Atlantean weapons, they're using Atlantean looking people, they are using Atlantean sea monsters. So I don't I don't know too much about Black mana, but is this like the version where he killed his brother or father or something like that? I Didn't believe so. Aquaman accidentally kill somebody in his family, or yeah, any? I believe I believe uh, Aquaman accidentally killed his dad. Okay, yeah, because that's 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 the whole thing driving this version. I've heard that this this might be just the new Fifty Two version though of this character. Like it might like. Uh, at least that storyline. I don't know if that's the case with all Black Man. I don't really know too much about Aquaman in general. That's why I'm I'm just curious as to what his motivations are here. So he just so 
so uh, Aquaman has wronged him somehow, pretty much, though. Yeah, like, so according, he, according to the internet, um, Black Manta's father attacked Aquaman's dad, and so Aquaman accidentally killed Black Manta's dad. And so then Black Manta's like, I'm going to kill you for killing my dad for trying to kill your dad. Okay, yep. Oh, also, apparently Aquaman and, had a son that got murdered. Huh. By Black Manta? Yeah. When the hell did that happen? No, no, okay, so look at this. So here's the sentence in the fucking Wikipedia thing. It is then revealed that Aquaman had killed Black Manta's father by accident in retaliation for attacking Aquaman's father. Seeking revenge, Black Manta attempted to kill all of Aquaman's family. In parentheses, Aquaman's son was already murdered. And parentheses, and friends. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is from that storyline where it was revealed that Aquaman was actually part of another superhero team back in the day. Hmm. Called The Others. Okay, so this is all New 52 the stuff then, yeah. Because that was that series, the short-lived series that they did for New 52, Aquaman and The Others. Yep. So this is probably something that came right out of Jeff John's run on the character then. Probably. Yeah, because the only thing I remember of that was the Atlantis, um, uh, what the hell was it called? That one they did an animated series, uh, animated of Atlantis? movie about? That's it. Yeah, I remember that event, and I remember a couple those things that were like um, alien-looking type creatures that lived in the water <laughs> that were attacking them. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the deep. There's a, that's it. That's it. Yes, the deep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's I. That's the thing. I didn't read his whole run the whole way through. Is that <laughs> you did? Did you read it? No, no. I just I. The first sentence of the Black Manta powers and abilities thing. I just. I want you to listen to this. All right. Black Manta has some degree of enhanced strength and endurance, likely a result of the serum that cured his autism and left him extremely violent and vicious. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Apparently, Black Manta was autistic, but then he got cured huh. and turned into a murderer. As a result of getting cured, he turned into a murderer. I so guess so. Oh, also, also, a demon by the name of Neron turned Black Manta into a human Manta hybrid. Oh, so that's not even a mask anymore. That ridiculous thing. <laughs> no, it's still, it no, it's still a mask. The process had since been reversed by Aquaman. Okay. What the fuck is Black Manta? Wow. Uh, that's a see. That's a it's a deep hole you fell down. Jesus Aquaman Christ! Knowledge. I see. That's the thing. I don't know anything about like that. Like I know that he's always been his like rogue, but I've never known that like anything about that character. Right? Other than the fact that he's been wronged by. I I heard the thing about him, his father dying, but I didn't know any of this other shit. So yeah, so New York is now he is attacking New York as this uh, Nemo organization in the book. Yeah, but it's all under the guise of being a, being Atlantean led attack. Right. So everyone's going to blame. It's it sounds like a generic Aquaman storyline for the most part, from what I'm used to hearing. But like, it sounds like. Sounds like some of the stuff that Johns was doing in terms with him trying to get respect as uh, in Atlantis or whatever is continuing into this series, at least. Like yeah, well, I, I got I got a start of it. One of the big things, uh, one of the things that happened was a group of 
Atlantean terrorists who don't believe that some fucking half-blood surface bitch should be their king. Mm-hmm. Uh, started launching attacks on subs. Aquaman stopped them and arrested them. Well, what happened is Aquaman's... It's, it is... Oh, wait, you just said in that wiki it said that his brother was dead? Because isn't it wasn't his brother in John's run too? Like against uh, yeah, him? Orm. Right. The right, sea right. King. That was the whole that was the whole that throne of Atlantis thing. I think he had started that whole conflict. I yeah, think, yeah, he uh, did. If I'm not mistaken. He, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Ocean no, sorry, not Sea oh. King, the Ocean Master. Right. The right, Sea right, King right. is something else entirely. So, as someone who's read Aquaman before, do you do you like like the series is good? Like, if you, I you, think uh, it's fine. Okay, so it's not like Superman level good, but it's not bad either. No, it's it's like it's like telling it, it is a story that has been done to an extent before, but it's doing it from a different angle that I find interesting, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest problem with it is that it is something that, like I said, something we've seen before. Yeah, it is. It is a bit dull, and the fact that no one on the Justice League seems to give one fuck about what our Aquaman has to say. <laughs> Do they appear in the book, and they just uh, don't give a shit? Or at the end of the most recent issue, um, uh, fucking after Atlantis launched their attack on fucking the world. Arthur Aquaman is like in the fucking control room, like trying to fucking keep everything from getting more on fire, trying to figure out what's happening. And all of a sudden the fucking just like teleport in. It's like, Arthur, we gave you your chance. And then they're just going to fucking attack him. (laughs) Along with Simon Baz, a guy who was in a fairly similar situation to this. Right, right. I really shouldn't be saying. (laughs) Also, Superman is wearing an oxygen mask to breathe underwater because Superman (laughs) needs to breathe, you know. Right, right. I mean, he can go into the vacuum of space and be fine, but going to the bottom of the Atlantic, that that has some pressure on him. So he needs to, you know, have a mask on. How 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 is the? Uh, no, that's stupid. How is the? Uh, how's the art in the series? Because it seems like there's a lot of revolving artists on this book, from what I've seen in the solicits. Like, there, like, is it, has it impacted the book? Would uh, you say it, or uh, like? not really? Like, I didn't even really notice. Like, it's been keeping a very similar tone throughout all the artists. If it has been like fucking rotating out artists every goddamn issue. But it's been doing a pretty good job. Yeah, it, okay. it's, been, it's been keeping a decent tone. It's been keeping like a like a similar level of quality. That quality is pretty good. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquaman uh, is fine. Yeah, when when's he gonna get his respect though? People just need never. to get over. It. He'll, they'll <laughs> never right. get his respect because uh, everybody <laughs> makes the joke that he's fucking like, oh, I'm gonna fucking tie fucking flying fish to my shoes and all of a sudden I'm going to fucking go across the Atlantic or I'm going to go ride right. the seahorse. I'm going to I'm going to fucking I'm going to fucking use my mind powers to make a turtle plug up a fucking hole in an underwater research facility. I'm Aquaman. <laughs> Cuz I remember we we had this same discussion when it first started with the rebirth and you even said at that time you're like, "Yeah, it was okay, but I'm going to give this a few more issues because I really would like to support Aquaman." <laughs> Cuz I like, like I always liked him. And you know that's no, I understand and and um I, you know, I don't not like him, but I remember we even brought up the fact about even at the start of that John's run, because that's the only thing I've really read is some of his run, is um, how they even made a point of saying in that first issue how people make fun of him. <laughs> yeah, like, like in his own goddamn like, hometown. Like he yeah. goes to the diner he's been going to since he was fucking five. And in there is like, hey, dude, you wear an orange, but you fucking talk to fish. <laughs> right. And he's like, well, you fucking mouth breathing jackasses, fish don't talk. 
Yeah, so it's just it's just always that thing where it's like, can we get yeah. past this? It's like, it's like now, she, like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my fish and chips. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go out to and the sea tell- and sprinkle fucking freshly cooked fish crumbs all over the goddamn ocean to let them know who's fucking in charge. <laughs> then I'm going to make a whale eat your car. League, Justice League is shitting all over him in this book. Apparently, like what the hell? <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's you know. Like, yeah. I can understand a certain level of, like, hey, yo, bro, what's going on here? And, like, being cautious. But that's something I expect from fucking Batman. I expect Superman to have hit one of his best friend's backs. Not fucking sure. come down there and say, Arthur, we gave you your chance to talk. Now you must die. <laughs> yeah, this isn't This isn't the fucking Zack Snyder verse. That's like a Captain Marvel move or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, also, oh, Batman God. just, like, fucking dives down there only wearing an oxygen mask. <laughs> like, What's with all the oxygen masks? This artist just enjoy dry. dry. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Superman doesn't need one. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, like, like looking at it. Like, looking at it. Like, it is, uh, yeah, it is Flash, Wonder Woman, Superman, the two lanterns, Batman and Cyborg. Batman, I understand, sure. Yeah, the, uh, the, so so the lanterns are there in their fucking energy, whatever. Uh, Wonder Woman and Flash have mask things, uh, and it's yeah, not it's okay. like a full oxygen tank. It's like a fucking neck rest that connects to a surgical mask. <laughs> right. Uh, Batman is h- higher than all of them, only wearing <laughs> that because, as we all know, Batman can move just as well in water as he can on land. <laughs> cyborg is weird because he is there like he, he has the mask on but it's not like a fucking thing connected to his suit or connected to his like robotic body it's just oh i have this neck thing resting on this fully metallic metallic body of mine <laughs> the flash is also just uh, in the air <laughs> oh man this is stupid yeah that kind the, of, that the more I, the more i look dumb. at this panel he's like fuck this and that fucking terrible lady green lantern looks just she looks dead she has fucking young bloods disease (laughs) is her 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 feet pointed uh no her (laughs) eyes have no pupils they're just pure white okay yeah because because the pointed feet is always also a uh that is a that is a symptom of late stage young blood's disease if your feet turn into triangles you've already you're already too, you're already lost if your eyes if, if your eyes are pure white you still have a chance young blood's disease affects millions of comic book characters every year please contact your local health authority <laughs> to inquire about making a donation uh, together we could stop young blood's disease from spreading uh yep all right, so good on Aquaman. Aquaman's fine. Yeah, I might check out the first trade then. I I kind of like want to like the series too, like you said. But uh, all right, I'll check it out. And just for everybody out there, Aquaman is fine. Is not a statement about anything about him. If it was, it would be. I would say Aquaman's fine. Yeah, because he's from Maine, right? <laughs> not where I was going I with believe. that joke. <laughs> Yes. All right. So Hawkeye number one. 
Uh, fucking Hawkeye the- gets more respect than Aquaman does. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> it's true, actually. Um, so yeah, this is the Hawkeye uh, that is written by Kelly Thompson. Artist on it is Leonardo Romero, and uh, colorist Jordi Belair, who like colors all the books. And this is about uh, what the hell is her name again? It just uh, I can't believe I just blanked on her name. <laughs> What's her name? Female Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, Kate Bishop. That as bad as that sounds. Yes, thank you, Kate Bishop. Sorry, I just blanked on that. Um, yeah, so this is our first issue. I remember we were talking about this series prior to coming out, and we were kind of looking forward to it because we both talked about enjoying Kate Bishop, and in the previous Hawkeye series, I thought they, they built her up to be a really strong character all the way back from Young Avengers days through uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye alongside um, Clint. And then also uh, Jeff Lemire also included her in his uh, run on Hawkeye. So now she's finally got her own book. Uh, this is Hawkeye. It's still just titled Hawkeye, but it's uh, following the adventures of her as she's continuing an idea that started in the Matt Fraction run of her pretty much doing her their version of her doing like a Jessica Jones type of private eye investigations setup. Um she, they played with the idea. Matt Fraction did it in his run. Uh, had a couple of issues when the, there was delays in the series where it focused on her uh, starting her own, uh, her, her her own um, private detective agency. Yeah, in LA. And she, and she basically now in this I- I- series, she's gone to Venice Beach, California, uh, and is set up shop there. And it was just okay. Um, did you end up reading this first issue? Not no. yet. Okay, so I'll start off with the positive things about it. I, I, I think the artist is very good on it. I'm not familiar with his work, uh, Leonardo Romero. Um, I think he did some, I think he was like a, like a fill-in artist on one of the issues of Doctor Strange. I think he did like a Doctor Strange issue um, during Jason Aero's run. Uh, other than that, I'm, I, I, I'm not too familiar with his work, but I'd say it's reminiscent of what the artist, like David Aja, or like Chris Omni, like some of the people, David Asha, who worked on the uh, the Hawkeye series that uh, Matt Fraction did. So it's definitely in the same school of like art, I'd say we're kind of used to seeing in the Hawkeye books already. So it it follows that same style. And, and in that sense, I thought they did, they, they, uh, he did a really good job. It looks really good while at the same time being his own style. Um, that being said, uh, this... This is one of those issues where I judge uh, by the end of the issue if I felt like reading the next one. And I didn't really feel nothing for this. It was a quick little uh, um, investigation that she did in this one issue that actually resolved by the end of the first issue uh, where you didn't think it was. But then it kind of just did wrap up very quickly. And I was just kind of like, yeah, it was okay. I was a little disappointed, to be honest, just because I was really much looking forward to this book. And and I don't think you got to know her as a character, even though I already know her as a character prior to the series. In this her own series, they didn't really do a good job of like setting her up for new readers in that sense. Like, they were moving the book along so quick to start up her own investigations and and shop in Venice Beach and introduce supporting characters and introduce a little case for her to solve in the first issue. 
all within the first issue, it just seemed very ambitious. And I don't think that they balanced it all well enough for you to get any sense of who Kate Bishop really is. Yeah. Uh, as a character. And in that sense, it just felt like another version of like a Jessica Jones esque type, um, book. And, and like, there was a little bit of monologue that you got at the start with kind of her like, Oh, look at me. I'm doing my own thing now. I'm in Venice beach, you know, and they did like a, one of those little clever things that they, that we may have, we talked about seeing in, um, something like, um, Batgirl, you know how like they did, they did like the little center centering in on things and like giving you descriptions on it. I mean, they've done it in Hawkeye too, uh, somewhat in uh, the fraction series. It's one of those things where like she walks into the room and she's kind of like, they have little targets around a bunch of things. Like she goes inside a bank and she sees a guy with a gun and she sees a guy with a mask and it centers in on the gun. And there'll be like a little target that says gun. And it'll, it'll be like another target that says mask. And then like, and then just, you know, like funny things, some guy eating donuts, like just little bullshit things that they're putting in the background. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, you know, it's kind of cool. Like the way she analyzes a room and stuff, but it's almost like they kind of pulled that trick that we recently seen in that Batgirl series we didn't enjoy, like, and put it in this book. Like, that's what I got the feeling of while reading it. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was okay. It was just, it wasn't that great. I'm definitely going to keep giving it a couple more issues. Cause like I said, I, I really do like this character, but by the end of it, I was just like, it was just so, so, and I didn't, I, I felt nothing towards reading the next issue. I, and, uh, I got my, my girlfriend to, to read it as well, who reads comics. And I was like, here, try this, uh, issue and tell me what you think. And, cause I thought maybe it was just me. And she kind of came back with the same type of opinion. She's like, meh. She's like, yeah, I don't really feel like, you know, uh, uh, reading more. It, it was all right. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's so, uh, yeah. So very lackluster of a first uh, issue. I'm, hopefully it picks up. Uh, I do like Kate Bishop. Uh, I hope this is not the case of them giving, uh, the duties to, uh, to somebody who isn't able to, uh, make her an interesting enough character to hold her own series though. Because like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be like the people going to point to the excuse. Oh, you need Clint there with her because he was with her all those other series. But, um, yeah, you know, I really just don't want that to be the case. Cause I, I that's not somewhere where my mind went, but, um, you know, I, I just want her to have her own series and for it to be good. And, and enjoyable. So, so we'll see. I, uh, Hawkeye number one, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything great either at this point. Hopefully they are able to establish, uh, more with the second issue. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, uh, lock and key small world. Yes. So even while lock and key was going on every once in a while, uh, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez would release these little stories. These either little like one shot issues or, like side stories in the comics themselves, looking at previous generations of the Locke family in Keyhouse. Yeah. Um, Grindhouse, I think, was one that he did. Yeah, there was that uh, one. Uh, there was. I, I don't know if it was in Grindhouse or if it was something else, but there was the time where a guy was going to rape a lady, so they went through the gender change door and she beat the shit out of him. Okay. I don't, That's a thing don't that happened. I that one. I know. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not doubting it. I just don't recall that one. I know that there was another issue that they did where they explained uh, the history of all the keys. Like it was like a one shot where they just did a, a, a background on all the separate keys and keys where we haven't even been introduced introduced to in, in the main series. Yeah, and then going into uh, uh, lock and key clockwork, I think it was they like discovered like the key to the clock that lets them go back in time and see the history of Keyhouse. 
Mm-hmm. And they found out where the keys come from, what's up with the black door. Mm-hmm. But I think, is this the first one, I guess, since the series is wrapped, though, that they yes. come out with? Yeah. I believe so. And yeah, so it is a, it's taking a look at a different era of, uh, you know, the Keyhouse and the Locke family. Mm-hmm. And it does introduce something that I am a bit confused about. Uh, so in the in the main series, uh, they said that uh, anybody over the age of eighteen, like like there's magic in the house, so that anybody over the age right. of eighteen forgets about the key's existence. Yeah, as they grow older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was specific, it was specifically eighteen because uh, the, because the people who de- because the uh, two members of the Locke family who initially developed the keys. They they were distrustful of adults because adults opened up the black door, which then let through fucking Dodge in them and the weird fucking evil, the evil bits of goop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so in that in that book, it was established that anybody over the age of eighteen begins to forget about the magic of the keys. But then in this issue, uh, we have we have the whole we have a whole like lock family, two parents. Both of whom know all about keys. And then a grandfather who knows about keys and is actively using the shadow crown. Mm-hmm. It's this. It's, yeah, it's, a, little, it's I, a little weird. Like, uh, like the other, like other tie-ins, like other uh, one shot kind of things did this too, where they have adults know and actively use the keys. You know, I, I never thought about that. Um, now that you bring it up, I didn't catch that, uh, but that is a good point. I, is that because these all take place prior to the Lock and Key series that we've read? Uh, no, like, no, like, and, in, like and that, uh, in the Lock and Key, in in Clockwork, uh, when when it, when they went back in time and showed like the forging of the first key, they I believe that they said that they put uh, the, the like the people who de- like the two locks who developed the keys put the safeguard in place that anybody of age age of eighteen would forget about the keys. Hmm. Is it just yeah, like so it prolonged seems, exposure? Maybe, maybe like if there. I don't know. Like it, 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 it seemed like too sloppy of, of something for him to miss for him to break his own rules to this world. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want to think that's the case, but um, maybe there's a reason that we don't know of. Then I don't know because that is a good point. I never thought about that. Uh, the fact that they forget, but they're actively using them in these books. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good point. I, I'm not sure. Because I, because I, because I, because the parent, I mean, the the adults knew in the main series eventually, like that that um that woman who he was uh, who he kind of um the one that he had that twisted relationship uh, with. Rupert's that? mom. Yes. Um. Like she remembered. But that's only because I think he made it so. Yeah, like, like, think, like he, like, like when he came back, she started like having like weird fucking right flashbacks of shit, and like uh, but like his dad knew about the keys when he was younger, and then forgot about them when they left the house. Mm-hmm. And so did that lady. It wasn't until like the and and like even uh even in the like at the end of the book uh, or I'm not sure if it was the end of the book or whatever, but. Like, as the main guy was getting older and turning 18, he started forgetting about the keys. Like, he was aware that he, that he was aware that the knowledge of the keys were being erased from his head, even though he was still mm. at the house and being able to use the keys. In this, the dad is like, oh, yeah, so the keys, so the fucking Locke family has been at the key house for generations holding this shit down. 
and they have like integrated the use of keys into their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. like, like at, at the dinner scene, the fucking grandpa is wearing the crown, was wearing the shadow crown, and using the shadows as like servants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that that oh, that scene's beautiful. That two page spread that they, that um, Rodriguez did. Oh yeah, oh. definitely. It is real cool. So good, and it so good, and it is. It's also really cool, like seeing a family, like like, see, like seeing a seeing people use these keys as just part of their everyday life. Like, like that was something that we kind of got. In the original run of the series, but it, there was still mm. like the magic behind it. It was like, oh my god, all this shit. We don't have no idea what it does. Oh my god, I can fucking fly now. Check it out. I'm fucking ripped. I'm a ghost now. Right. Fucking sick. <laughs> meanwhile, that, meanwhile in a- this, they're surrounded by fucking shadow knights and imps and shit. Mm. And like fucking, they have like fucking goddamn magic dollhouses that let them fucking manipulate mm. reality and shit. Right. Yeah, that was a really cool idea, too. But that's the thing. I think in that sense, since adults are actually part of this and, and using the keys, they're going to use them differently than those kids and teenagers were in that uh, original series. You know what I mean? Because they, they were using it for different uh, mo- uh, motives, obviously, than these people were. But yeah, it, it is it is cool to see the differences of, um, between stories that, that they've done uh, here. So. Yeah, and I really hope they continue, like, doing shit like this, like, or with these characters. I actually, I kind of like this, I, I like this generation of the locks. Of, I, I like, I like it, I like it when the locks actually have a long history with the keys and know how to use them and stuff. It's, it's actually really cool and seeing, like, the various adventures of the lock family throughout history. Well, well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, that's the coolest thing. Uh, I don't know if you ended up... Did you end up reading... There was a letter column for this issue. Did you have access to that? Did you read that? I don't really read the letter columns. Okay. I normally don't either, but Joe Hill had wrote this one, and I seen it, uh, that he had wrote it, uh, uh, so I, I read it at the end. And that was the the most interesting part about this issue, even though this issue was, was great to return to this world um, in the, in the letter column. I don't know if this had been spoken about prior to, he had mentioned that he has already um, written out a possible 36 other uh, issue story in this world. Once again, for Gabriel to draw somewhere. Okay, down I'm, the look, line. I'm looking it up now and yeah. it's called world war key. <laughs> Yeah, so he had wrote, he has already written. That was the excite the most exciting news for me reading this issue was him announcing this because I hadn't heard about it before. That he said he's already written another storyline that takes place separately from that whole the first series, and that got me very excited. Uh, just because you know more lock and key is great, but he also stated the fact that this might not happen for a while, and that they're going to continue doing these things like you just said, the little one shots taking place at different times. <laughs> No, I, so, I, just, I just read this. Apparently, uh, Joe Hill refers to the original series of uh, Welcome to Lovecraft and Alpha and Omega as Lock and Key, the Phantom Menace. Right. <laughs> he, he mentioned he said that in the letter column, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and so, so, yeah, and so right. That, and so apparently right now we're in the middle of the Golden Age, uh, which is part which also includes Grindhouse and Open the Moon. So that's exciting news. Yeah, I mean, then, at first, I, I and then yeah. there will be like three or four more uh, Golden Age issues, and then we'll get into yeah. World War Key. Yeah. So really cool. Fucking I'm really excited. Dope, dude. Yeah. This shit is yeah. great. 
at first I wasn't sure how I felt about it because we had talked about when the series ended about how rare it is for a series to actually end and for him to absolutely stick the landing and how good of an ending and series that was. Uh, but I think that the way he's constructed it where it won't even be a continuation of the of those people's storyline. Oh no, it's, it's gonna like, be like it's, an, it's a, like yeah. from the sound of it, like well, at least for Golden Age, it will be right. just like different generations of the Locke family. Different generations, yeah. So I'm totally on board for that. Like he found a good way of doing it. Like if it was like a return where it's like Locke and Key Two, then I don't think I would. You know, I'd still check it out. I'd still be fucking excited, Tyler Bowden Kinsey are back, dog, and this shit's about to get <laughs> fucking real. Dodge might be back. What? Yeah, like I, I, I don't think he would do that though. So I'm, I'm glad that he did it this way. I, I wouldn't be as excited for it as uh, this. But that's really cool news. I'm really fucking looking forward to this. Now, I'd really like it happens. if in World War Key, like one of the key figures turned out, like quote Badumtish, key figures turned out to be Rupert. Okay, yeah. Like that like was that was his whole thing. Guy. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's the kid's name, right? The uh, Yes, with the glasses, who had all the army. Yeah, um, yeah the, ha- the mentally handicapped kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he was a great character. Yeah, awesome. he, he turned out to be one of the biggest heroes of the fucking book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I know it, it diverted from the, um, you talking about the issue there, but, uh, it's fine. I just want, yeah, because that's, this is exciting news. I mean, I'm really looking forward to, uh, more lock and key now, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, the the big deal the big thing with this issue is uh, a big ter- a spider terrorized <laughs> yeah which is funny because uh joe hill was also the uh adapter of the shrinking man oh was he really rufus not okay. rupert rufus okay sorry i thought you had it with rupert okay yes. rufus whedon mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Lock and Key still continues to be good. Lock and Key's fucking great, dog. And uh, the cat saved the day at the end. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, it was like... A, like yeah, the, the dollhouse is actually a really cool thing. Uh, it was it was, a new, it was a new thing that they introduced for... I believe it was new for uh, for uh, Small World. Where just you, you, you turn the key and then like there are these little dolls that represent everybody in the house and... And like, if you stick anything from outside into the ha- into the dollhouse, then it becomes giant sized in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, so like a uh, genie, the five year old, uh, she picks her nose and flicks a booger into the house, and then all of a sudden, on one of the walls is the giant fucking green blo- globule. Yeah, that was the cool part about it. It was that it existed within the dollhouse, but then also existed outside of the dollhouse in, in their world. So, well, no, like, no, because inside the dollhouse is the real world. To an extent. Right. No, I, I know what you mean, but what? But they're able to control it outside viewing in, even though inside is, you know what I mean? Like, is 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 out, like the way they were kind of going about it, unless I misunderstood how they were controlling it. So quantum it. physics. Yes. <laughs> you mean to yeah, I get it. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you wanna explain it? <laughs> uh no, no, I'm I'm good. If I if I try to explain it, my head will hurt. Right. <laughs> that's that's the that's why I backed off. I'm like, yeah, that's enough of this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All More right. lock and key so, is not a bad thing. No, no, no. Great, great series. I, I hope that he continues it for 
I mean, at least it, he guaranteed there's definitely going to be more one shots, but it's one of those things that he's already plotted and outlined. Yeah, it's, there's going to be a few more one shots and then maybe a new series. Yeah, so maybe in a couple of years we'll see a new series come out. But uh, yeah, that's and awesome. maybe maybe when that new series come out, we'll still be around. I know I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if you, right. even if you fuckers kill me, I'll start haunting the goddamn internet, uploading phantom podcasts onto your fucking computers. <laughs> That's just creepy. <laughs> yeah, you'll just have, have, have a fucking audio file that's nothing but static, occasionally interrupted by screamings. Yeah. And then when, so, you, run, so and then, and then when you run it through a fucking, like, oscilloscope, it then spells out my opinions in the latest Marvel event. So you're basically you 2 us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, no. It's... <laughs> I'm, you're gonna be you're gonna pull an apple and force us to have a YouTube album on. Uh, oh no, you, you can delete these <laughs> files. You, you can delete these files. You'll just get new ones after you delete them. <laughs> nice. Like, like it'll just be like, oh man, like if you if you look up a comic review more than once, all of a sudden a folder will appear in your fucking desktop that just says DDP, and then in there will just be nothing but files and me screaming. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Diamond Dallas Page is just gonna be up in the folder. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! You do, no, you do that, and then you'll be able to three D print a can of Diet Dr Pepper. Okay, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> anyway, your next book, right. Nico. Yeah, next book. <laughs> I think we milked that one for all. <laughs> Green Valley number three. Uh, so this is I hadn't talked about the series yet. This is a uh, the new uh, Max Landis. Um, series uh from image comics and so we talked about max landis uh and his comic writing uh during the uh superman american alien uh series that was going on this past year and which we both really enjoyed i remember talking about we that was one of those books i think we almost we talked about almost every issue um on the podcast it was uh it was one of the better things dc had brought out uh previous to rebirth at a time when there wasn't a lot of good stuff going on and i know that Max Landis is a very opinionated person who a lot of people apparently don't like for things that have conspired, uh, 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 things that have happened on the internet, which I'm not even aware of or a part of. I've just read some of his comic works. So he wrote out a, he wrote out a series of tweets talking about his, uh, talking about his new movie, American Ultra. And a lot of people, and a lot of people read them in that he was blaming the audience for not seeing his movie. Oh, okay. So that's where some of it stems. That's where a lot of that shit stems from. Okay, that, that's where some of it uh, stems from. The rest of it is that yeah. he never stops tweeting and can kind of can kind of come off like a bit of a jackass. Right. Well, that's what I mean. I've heard these things. I don't really have the background with him. Like I don't know him on social media, so like I don't follow him. So that's fine. I can understand that. Um, but from a comics perspective, I really enjoyed his last series, and I had heard all those bad things about him going into reading that Superman American Alien and um, it didn't really deter from my enjoyment. It didn't make me stop uh, enjoying that series for whatever it's worth. And uh, yeah, so I was kind of interested in checking out this, uh, his creator own project that he announced with image comics. And it was one of those series that I wasn't going to check out initially, but then I picked up the first issue to try. And the first issue was fantastic. Great, great first issue. And it was basically about a group of knights. Uh, it's a very fantasy-based story. Who like knights that are very revered. And um, have you read any of this, Dead Man, at all? Or I've had the first issue on the docket for a while. I okay. don't actually know it was Max Landis. 
yeah. So I definitely would suggest checking it out. Maybe come, uh, you know, let me know what you think about it. Uh, but at the same time, it's one of those things where you have mentioned that um, you're not huge on fantasy to a certain degree unless there's some sort of a twist or something that's really, you know, that really, like, in your words, that you said something along those lines, right? I recall, yeah, like, yeah, saying I, that, yeah. I, yeah, like, like, just fucking bargain basement fantasy hold no real appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, so the first issue, it didn't feel so much uh, as a fantasy-based book. It was more so like um, it was just about like a like Knights of the Round Table type stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, but it was it definitely felt more like a book just about um, very four uh, funny knights. Like just like the um, the dialogue that was going on in the book, and just like it was just a really fun first issue. It's been a while since I read it, so excuse me if I can't recap that, but. It, it, it was it, it was such a good first issue. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on board. I'm gonna continue reading this. And now with each subsequent issue that's been following it, like the second and third, the third I'm talking about now, um, it's still been good, but not as good as that first issue that drew me in. That first issue when I ended that, I was like, wow, uh, you know, this it was just, it was fantastic. The artist on it is really good. It's um, Giuseppe Camicoli, who used to be an artist on Spider-Man when it used to still be good. <laughs> uh, no, 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 he he was the he was the artist when it started to go bad. Was he the artist when it started to go bad? Oh, my he apologies. was he was the artist. <laughs> yeah, he was the artist for the new Amazing Spider-Man book, where Spider-Man was the head of a company. Uh, okay, so maybe then I, I was wrong on that one. But Real I still like good his art. art. Yeah, <laughs> the, the thing that drove the thing that drove both me and you away from Spider-Man was not the art. Wasn't the art? No, no, definitely. <laughs> So I've been seeing the artists what kept me one. going for so long. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, they always are able to get good artists on that book because it's a, you know, it's the Amazing Spider-Man, right? So yeah, um, but yeah, he's great. He's great. He's the artist on this book. But as the b- series has gone on, it it's turning more uh, and more into like a sword and sorcery type um, book. Uh, still following a very interesting group of knights, and but as you keep going, you find out there is the existence of a, a wizard in a town as a boy comes uh, to their um, their hometown after it's been uh, like basically these these knights come and face off against these well known knights, and they destroy their town. They they set it ablaze, kill everybody, beat the shit out of them to the point that they're like the only survivors. And then this this um young boy wanders into town looking for people to help him and all he finds are these defeated knights who really don't feel the same way that they did about themselves after basically what had happened in the in the aftermath um he he kind of get tries to get them spirited up to join him and and follow him and help him out against this wizard that is basically taken over in his town so they jump on their horses they follow this boy and then, they, and you know, they don't believe in the wizard. They don't believe in dragons. They they don't believe in magic. So they're uh, these knights that are living in this time, but they don't believe in the existence of any of these things. They haven't seen any of these things on their travels, and therefore they think the kid's a liar. But they're like, okay, whatever. Let's just go check this out. And once you get to the third issue, at this point, you find out that all these things actually do exist. But not in the sense that you would think. Uh, I won't spoil it exactly, but the wizard is not what a normal wizard would be like to people thinking like they're going to read a book about a wizard. He's a very, it's almost as if some sort of hipster or something was ripped out of time and put back in their times. And he's just basically got technology at his, like, like at his helm. Like he's basically, he's able to help like uh, use technology 
and basically they think it's magic, but it, that's it's it's very strange. So it's definitely interesting. It's definitely kept me going, but it, it it's um it's not as good or what I thought of it from the first issue. But it's one of those things where Max Landis Land is, is continually changing up the storyline and going in directions where you wouldn't expect him to go. So it is good. I do suggest checking it out if you liked Max Landis's writing. Or if you're just looking for a, a not run of the mill type fantasy night story, definitely check it out. Green Valley. It's going to be a nine issue series. Uh, this is the third issue out of nine. Um, yeah, so it's definitely worth checking out. Good art and not your regular type of book uh, that you would expect from like an image type fantasy book. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 very strange. It's I don't know what to expect of it at this point, and it's keeping me guessing, and that's a good thing. Cool. So, yeah, yeah. Alrighty then. What my third book? Uh, the new Ghost Rider book. Okay, so you read it. Yes, so I did. You've read the, I've, read, you read bo- I've read both, both issues? issues. Okay. I can see where you're coming from. Okay. It sounds like you liked it more, though. A little bit. Like, like, like uh, I'm trying to remember your opinion on it. I remember you being very not on board like not liking it a lot i just again i'm comparing it to the first series that we had from robbie reyes it's it's definitely not that oh hell and no. i think in that in that sense i was disappointed because i felt they were focusing too much on other characters but it, please go ahead uh that's that's what i thought that's what i thought about it and that was that was one issue in i hadn't read the second at that time but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm reading this and it it feels like two different comics. Right. Yeah. That's that's see that's yeah, that's exactly my feelings on it. Like it like a uh, like there's like there's the Ghost Rider story going on where uh, Robbie is like back living his life doing whatever. And then and then there's and it's also like uh having Eli being like Eli is uh started fucking with him a bit, like insulting his brother like in front of his face or whatever. Robbie's starting to get new powers, and there's also a new person who just got hired at the garage in the second issue, who is a former gang guy. And so that is all like that is all like fine work for a story. Well, like, like seeing that and seeing that and have that be like the full thing, that would be fine. But then, but then Wolverine and the Hulk show up, right? And I don't know why. Right? Yeah, no. It's a, so far you're 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 bringing up the same reasons why I what I didn't enjoy about it. It's not the Robbie Reyes stuff. It's the stuff like they're not even like they're not even showing up in his story. It's a completely separate story being told. Within the pages of this book, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's like Robbie and his fucking brother hanging out of the garage while while Gabe is like learning car parts, and then all of a sudden we're in a fucking medical research caravan right. in the fucking beach. Yeah, and then the Hulk shows up apropos of nothing, right. and then while Robbie and his fucking brother are getting tacos, Wolverine's there, just hanging out. With Gabby, just fucking chilling. Then the evil Hulk rat Venom thing shows up. Oh, yeah, the purple goop. 
Yeah. Yeah, I. And and then all of a sudden they and all of a sudden they just show up in Robbie's neighborhood. At the end of issue two, or yeah, at the end at the end of issue two, they're just fucking yeah. there. Like like the, like they going through. It's like, hey, can you get out of the road? It's like, fuck you, dude! I'm gonna shoot you with this shotgun. I'm Hulk, bitch. Yeah. And then the Ghost Rider shows up. Everyone's like, oh fuck! Everybody got everybody scrammed. The Ghost Rider's here. Mm-hmm. Like one one thing I do like is that Ghost Rider is now starting to develop like an actual myth behind him. Right. In in the first issue, uh, like uh, he, in the first issue, people are being like illegally transported or like held hostage or whatever. And so Ghost Rider goes up, stops him, kills everybody, and then cuts open the car and leaves the box open. It's like, oh, come on, everybody, let's go. The fucking legend of Hill Rock Heights saved us or whatever the fuck his neighborhood's called. Mm-hmm. And it's like setting up this thing that Robbie is a real thing. Robbie is a part of this world more than he kind of was previously. Right, which is why I understand they 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 feel they need to put other characters that are current in the universe in. This I don't book, understand that. that that that's stupid. That is fucking retarded. No, no, but in that same sense, like you're saying that you, they're trying to bring some sort of mythos to him. You know how he was separate in his own title before from pretty much what was going on outside of it. Johnny Blaze showed now- up in that. No, but not not anybody like no guest characters though. Really, from what I recall, from yeah, Marvel yeah, Universe, it was so. it was largely separate. Like uh, Johnny Blaze right. did show up to kind of explain to him what a Ghost Rider is, right? Which is fine because it's in the it's a Ghost Rider book. Like, yeah. that I had no problem with. But yeah, I mean, like th- like that was fine. And but like having like Calvin Zabo be the main bad guy for a good chunk of it. Yeah, but. Yeah, this is and that's what I mean. But it's just the way they're going about it. It's not even that people are showing up. It's that you're for two issues now. You've been telling two separate stories. Yeah, yeah. That, it, if, yeah. If, it, if it was like, if it was like the fucking Hulk shows up and says, "Oh, I've been hearing reports of a fucking flaming skeleton in a sick ass car. I'm going to go investigate." Mm. Like that would make some sense because Hulk's whole thing, at least at the beginning of his story, was I hunt monsters. Right. And Ghost yeah. Rider sounds like a monster. Yeah, I know, which is true to that character, and uh, the Amad- and and he's writing a good Amadeus, like it sounds like he does in all the other books. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, there's nothing. I like him. I like uh, um, Laura uh, Wolverine. I like yeah. her. I have no I have no problem with these characters. It's Gabby's just, fine. What, I want to yeah. know where the fuck Jonathan is. Jonathan is Gabby's pet Wolverine. Okay, so uh, no, sorry you lost me there. I, I'm not reading the Wolverine series right now. It's so, a fine okay. book. Okay, but yeah, if it, if it was like if it was that Amadeus was there to investigate the Ghost Rider and then stumbles upon Ghost Rider or stumbles upon something or like fucking whatever, that would make some sense. But it's not that. It is it is a Ghost Rider story happens, then a Hulk story happens that then intersects with a Wolverine story. Mm-hmm. And then that fucking thing eventually crashes headlong into Ghost Rider. So it sounds like you but had the Ghost Rider stuff is just story. so good. I just I yeah. just like having the, these characters back. I like seeing this world again. I like seeing this mm. corner of the world again, even if it is being encroached upon by fucking yokels. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm glad you at least uh, expressed the same. Uh, um, 
the comments that I, that I felt about it, but I can understand you also enjoying it. That's what I mean. That's why I was so conflicted with that first issue. Like, that's why when I came on and ready yet, I was like, oh man, I'm like, I don't even want to like talk shit about this series because I'm like, I, I want to like this series. Like I, I love that. We love the first series. So it's just, I, I'm just, I'm very conflicted with the way they've set up this storyline so far for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. Once they're all together now, which it looks like for, by the third issue is going to happen. Like maybe it'll get the ball rolling more. And like, uh, in okay. Perfect. Actually, this is, this is part of a big storyline called four on the floor. So yeah, so they're basically just they are, bringing everybody together. They are introducing a fourth character in the third issue, I'm guessing. Okay. Because yeah, like on because on the cover for issue two, where the barcode would be at least on this version, I'm looking at there's the little picture that has Robbie's head at the bottom, then Hulk, then then a Wolverine, and then a blacked out head at the top. Hmm. That is not there in issue one. Hmm. So yeah, no, I'm glad you still like it though. That's I I like Robbie Reyes. He's a great character. It's, but yeah, uh, Danilo as uh, Beirut, the artist, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, it's he's fine. Uh, he yeah. doesn't draw the best Hulk. The Hulk looks real small. Mm. Yeah, like his head proportion to the rest of his body is odd. Yeah, his head, his arms look really tiny. Uh he sometimes looks real scrawny. He looks really veiny. Like like mm. veiny in a way that the Hulk shouldn't. Mm. But yeah, like other than that, I think the art artwork is fine. Like the uh like I'm I like all the Ghost Rider stuff that's happening. I like all that shit. Uh that fucking Tradmore book in the back. Weird, right? What the shit is that? I know. What a waste of his, his talent. Like I was like, it looked great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it but I was just fucking like, spectacular. Like Jesus Christ, like, this is fucking <laughs> gorgeous. Like that fucking panel where Robbie goes through his bed into the car. But like, why even create that? Mini- why? Like, why not just get him like to draw the first issue and make it normal size and like make him draw the Hulk? Like, that would have been great. Like, you know what I mean? Like, w- I would love to see you try more Hulk. Like, we've only seen him draw a uh, Ghost Rider for the most part over in Marvel. Like, yeah. we haven't really seen him do other Marvel work other than covers. Yeah, and I still like, don't. I, I still don't even know what the fuck this goddamn story is. <laughs> it's not in right. the second issue. No, I know. It's like what. It's it's just it's just fucking some Ronda Rousey knockoff who looks fucking terrible. <laughs> like like what did, what did it say that I think that her fucking dumb ass like fucking skateboarding leopard dog was a better design than how she looked when she first showed up in the fucking store. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like an odd choice. Like what is this? It's like, I was like, so that's why I was so puzzled by the end of that first issue. Yeah, she, yeah, like, she shows up. I'm going to steal this guy's car. And then, whoops, the fucking devil popped out of it. And now I'm going to fucking start up a thing with the guy whose car I tried to steal. I don't. I the last the last six panels are the most confusing panels of this entire fucking issue of this entire fucking thing. <laughs> All right. Just him, just fucking Robbie in bed with the goddamn Rhonda Rubens card, and then her fucking liking of shit, liking some shit of his on Instagram. It, I, it, you know, 
I know it's very it was very out of place. I'm confused <laughs> and my throat still hurts. I haven't done this in fucking two weeks and my body hasn't adapted to it again yet. <laughs> you gotta love the East LA training day type Latino thugs though in the <laughs> in the uh, in the second issue though at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, they are the fucking realist. <laughs> Sorry, they are the realist. The neck, the neck tattoo, fucking gangsters that he rolls up on. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Get out of the car, man!" And the Hulk's like, "All right." He just gets out. And he turns into the Hulk. It's like, "I ah, kill him." <laughs> I have a shotgun. God damn it! He's like, he's, he's like, you should have listened to your friend Sa. Whenever he pulls out the shotgun. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I, I don't know. That, that, that's. That's great that you you still enjoying it though. I I don't know. I I might just revisit it after this arc because I yeah I, that's I'm probably so best. Yeah, but you know, but you know I I just I just I I would rather go back to a solo series where you just kind of deal with him and his brother and his world and and this kind of stuff like this East LA gang stuff. Yeah, sure, why not? Like I'm all for that. Like, yeah, I'm fuck just, it. But, uh, yeah, I just not the. I just don't need everybody fucking showing up in this book. Or if you're gonna do a guest star superhero book, do like one at a time with Ghost Rider. Not yeah, fucking and make it. I make I it know. one who makes fucking sense. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. It is still Robbie Reyes though, and he is still a great character. So I'm I'm not giving up on it completely. I just uh, yeah, like you you said the same things I felt about it. It was. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of negative comments going on here. What is this? Is the <laughs> <laughs> this is the comics podcast, bitch. Yeah, exactly. It's what to say. <laughs> See, we got to keep that going even without Birdie here. <laughs> Don't worry. I have enough negativity for fucking eight podcasts, which is good because I'm on fucking eight podcasts. <laughs> That's right. You got to spread yourself out there. <laughs> All right, so I guess I'll go on to my, uh, if you're done with Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yeah. Okay, so Batgirl, number six. Uh, well, this is the last Albuquerque drawn issue. Very sad, which was one of the main reasons why I've continued to read and have liked this uh, series okay this whole time. It's been all right. Um, but to be fair... The thing that's really been my main interest in keeping me going is to see the Albuquerque art because, like we've mentioned on this show many times, uh, we're fans of his art and I, I, I it, it's looked great and it's been great to see him draw some of these uh, pe- uh, Batgirl type moments and characters where I, don't, I haven't really seen him kind of draw before. So it, now that he's leaving the book after the six issue, I'm definitely might not continue reading it depending on the, the main reason also being that by the end of this six issue, uh, completing the first arc that says next, an all new Burnside in son of penguin part one. And basically the penguin's son shows up at the end of this issue and says that he's going to Burnside. So they are returning to Burnside. <laughs> the fuck is Burnside? Burnside is a city that Batgirl frequented in the, the last version of Batgirl, the one that we did not like. Burnside is that version of Batgirl with her on the motorcycle. That is the non-Gail Simone version where they basically made her a teeny bopping. Neo Batgirl. Uh, 
Yes, exactly. That is, she was from that city, Burnside, in that series. So then when they restarted this with Rebirth, and they dropped her in Japan, and they had Albuquerque on art, I was like, okay, this is a, a fresh, new, interesting direction, at least. I was like, okay, get away from Burnside, get away from that version of Batgirl, although... And then psych, bitch! Ver- yeah, although this version of Batgirl is still very much that version of Batgirl still, in, in the sense that... um you know, it is. It is the same character. It's definitely not maybe exactly the same tone, but I I, I felt that the Albuquerque art has helped out in that way. And this sixth issue is her flying away from Tokyo after wrapping up her adventures there last issue. And Poison Ivy is aboard the flight, and Poison Ivy basically has some sort of rare exotic plant in uh, the st- stowed away that gets out of control and it's up to her and Poison and Ivy to pretty much save the plane from crashing and killing everybody. So it's like plants on a plane. <laughs> if you see snakes on a plane, it's just basically that, but with I have had it with these motherfucking ficuses yeah. on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with her and Poison Ivy. Uh, so yeah, it was okay. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just don't dig. I I think I like back. Maybe I just don't like these versions of Batgirl, or I just don't dig her. I dig her more in like a team setting. You know what's really my favorite Bat book, even though we're not talking about it right now, is the uh, other than Batman is the uh, Detective Comics. I love that book. Yeah, that's really good. I, I I love how they're they're able. They're, they worked John Paul Valley into the fucking storyline, and I wasn't upset. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's real, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> it was just a little bit of Asriel, and it, it, he did okay. He did okay. And yeah, I was like, just, right. just like, like a little sprinkling of Asriel, and we're good. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I like, and I like how they're juggling all the Bat Family in that book. But anyways, Batgirl may, may not continue reading it. It was good. okay. Stop it, please. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, my main reason for for continuing to read the book is gone now. Albuquerque. Yeah, that, yeah. Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch fucking Batgirl try to pork Ethan Cobblepot? <laughs> Is that it? Okay, that's his name. Okay, all that said here was E. Cobblepot, so I wasn't sure about his Yeah, his uh, name is Ethan Cobblepot. I looked it up on the internet, and, he, and there, there is a, there is a goddamned, there is a goddamned Bleeding Cool article. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up the actual title for this, because it is fucking infuriating. Does it have to do with the next storyline? Uh, no, it's, so, well, it kind of does. Okay. So... Batgirl gets it on with the Penguin's son. He looks like Julian Assange with a monocle. <laughs> Fuck you, Bleeding Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, that 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 article just confirmed that I will be not returning to reading this book now that I'll God damn it, Rich Johnston. And uh, yeah, I'm going to wait till the next uh, reboot of uh, a rebirth or whatever the fuck you want to call it, Batgirl at this point. And maybe I'll revisit it then, but... Uh, but yeah, like I said, if you want to see some cool Albuquerque art or just a story about Batgirl in Tokyo, it is what it is. It was an okay little art. And he, ha- and he has nothing. a fu- and he has a fucking weird tech monocle. That's his he monocle. Ha- he doesn't even have the monocle in this. In this, um, like he looks like a pretty boy in this this last page where they show him of the issue, but he doesn't have it. He's not wearing it yet at this point. Like so, that's I. I guess they're showing you future yeah. ideas in the, of this. In the concept art. art and the yeah. teaser cover that was released for the issue he'll be introduced in. Which, oh, fuck. God fucking shit cocks. God damn it. I just noticed this. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, what happened? 
it's fucking Batgirl swinging across the goddamn frame with like with like you know an image of fucking Ethan Cobblepot. He has like his white hair coiffed, big giant evil smile with the with the evil monocle. Yeah, and Batgirl's wearing a backpack with all of her books and shit falling out of it. Oh no, what you gonna do when you get to school? Oh god. Oh, you. you know what? That make that make that makes sense because actually. Something that happened at the Doesn't end of this issue. Doesn't she own a fucking with... tech startup? So, yeah, I don't know what's going At the end of this issue, as she's getting off the plane, she's frantically writing a um, like a submission, I think, to get into some sort of program uh, in school. Why? And you own a I company, don't, don't you? I don't know. Because, it's like, it's yeah, like, it's because, like, oh, no, like, oh, I own a fucking billion dollar tech industry. You know what I need to do? Get my degree. Yeah, and the, the whole mention of returning to Burnside and that part of the character, though, like, that's that's why that, that was the one thing that kind of also intrigued me was the fact that they're like, let's fly her away from here. And she's in Japan. So I'm like, OK, so maybe they'll continue that. Maybe she'll just have like a cross country like you know, experience. Have her hang out with Fruit Bat until Fruit Bat fucking dies. Yeah. That bitch is 107. (laughs) You know, so, anyways. God damn it, DC. That's the one thing I don't think that, um, and I'm sure Birdie would agree with this, that he's been saying for a while now, is that they haven't been able to successfully bring back a good version of this character that's appealing to uh, more readers, at least. Like, obviously, there is a, there is a, uh, there is readers that enjoy this version of the character, but I, I just continue not to be one of them. I guess I don't know. Uh, all right. Ah. So. <laughs> Finally. <Last book. laughs> Claws and the Witch of Winter. Yes. Good one to end on, though. It was not as good as the main Claws book. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there. Largely yeah, because but... it just had fucking too much going on. Yes. Like, the story itself was incredibly simple. Just some kids get kidnapped by the Witch of Winter, and then Santa Claus is to go save them. You know, that's like a fucking Santa Claus versus the Martians plot. <laughs> right. But, at this point, Santa Claus has developed such a mythology. Because the original book was... It was relatively light on the mythos. Like, like it had, like it had you know, the it had the history that was told, you know, organically throughout, throughout the book of the town that he was in, Claus's history with the fucking lady, all that shit. But there was, but there was enough of it spread out over the course of six issues that it didn't get overwhelming. Going no, in, no, no. I think yeah, it was it was good. I really enjoyed. Yeah, Claus. yeah, yeah. Going into going into fucking Claus and the Witch of the Winter, it's like fucking five hundred years later, or whatever. It's modern day, and Santa Claus has not been delivering presents to children for hundreds of years now because the world just got too big. And then he has a fucking th- he has a fucking which makes sense. Yeah, he has a base I mean, that, on, he has like a base on the moon where he was locked up by the moonshins with fucking Luna Lelium right. Luna Lilium for fucking some some fucking portmanteau of lunar and aluminum. 
No, I loved that part of it. That's what I mean. Like all this stuff was really cool. I was like, all right, that's neat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Then he and his sleigh of wolves head up to the fucking moon where they're attacked by a series of wooden dolls. But they couldn't be that because the guy who made those dolls is dead. But it turns out he's not. And he's Geppetto, who'd been using the fucking magic wood on the moon to make his own body and also (laughs) be forced to make this fucking bullshit. Under the fucking boot heel of the Witch of Winter, who was summoned because of global warming, but also because of Spoon Licker, a former elf of Santa's who got a who got a promotion. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was then, a lot. There was the, a lot. <laughs> then there was also his fucking Hall of Trophies, which was basically the Bat Cave. There, I think there was even a T Rex in there. I don't know. At which point he comes in and summons and wakens up all of his fucking trophies, which turns out are alive because of magic, and they go and use fire to fucking. Then if the Gulf Stream gets fucked, then the Witch of Winter will come back. What? Mm, I didn't say it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very it's, ambitious. Very ambitious. So yeah, no, it, it, is, it is a 47-issue yeah. book. It's a 47-page book that has enough information to fill fucking seven issues. Well, that's the thing. I think that where they went wrong with this is what you, the great point you made is they really should have just did another miniseries of this. Definitely. And just, and just, and just spread this out. Like, because uh, there's a lot. That's the thing. There was a lot of really good, interesting things in this issue. But it, given the amount of time like they had to wrap it up within, I don't think he did a good job of of um executing all that definitely yeah yeah this and, this was a double issue that could not fit all the information in a double issue no because because you, you also also got to remember this is Grant Morrison trying to reel it in somewhat like he's not trying to like this isn't like the same Grant Morrison as in other projects that he's written I think in this clause like that clause book was weird and very Grant Morrison-y and see with this like the Martian part of it you know what I mean like no not Martian cool- Moonshin Sorry, Moonshin and the <laughs> the fact that fucking Pinocchio was wrapped up in this. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> I liked all that. The, fact, was, the fact that in this world, Pinocchio was a true story. Yeah. Oh God. You, you, you didn't like the Pinocchio bit, or you... I I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah. I needed I I needed like another two issues. Yeah. I would still have a problem with it, but I'd be able to absorb the information better. Yeah. Cramming all of yeah. this into 47 pages. Mm. No, you're right. No, you hit on the the the, the issue of this of this uh, particular um, one shot. I just like like you had mentioned with the Robbie Reyes and the fact that we returned to Lock and Key, I felt this was a, a fun return to the character, even though it only wrapped up a few, like a couple months ago. The main story. Oh no, no, but, th- this world is incredibly interesting. And the, and the yeah, and I'm I'm glad the same artist stuck with the story. Yeah, like, definitely. This is the same one. Yeah, that this did is the last this is a uh, Dan Morena. Yes. Yeah. Dan he, Mora. Is it Mora? I think it's Mora. Dan, uh, let's let's check. Yeah, Dan Mora. Yeah. Yeah, like, Dan Mora is a fucking phenomenal talent. And having him be here for this book is great. Having uh, having this world come back and, like, have, showing it advance. 
that's the that's thing I loved about this the most was just seeing that seeing a development of this mythos. Yeah, like, like a like, jump they, in like time. Yeah, like there is there is five hundred years of story there or whatever that we haven't seen that is still like fucking rife for potential for stories. Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I would love to see fucking a series just him setting up the factory. Yeah. Now, now the question is: Did Boom just throw money at Grant Morrison and say, "Hey, listen, we'd like to put out one more issue for Christmas time because that's, this is when it actually came out this year." Where the other one kind of went over schedule because it was such a long series, uh, or was this Grant Morrison reaching out to them saying, "Listen, I got one more story to tell"? Because, because like I would like to see, like I haven't heard an announcement of any more other than this one shot. Like you said, I would like to see other stories, but, but what really, who really pushed who into doing this? Like, do you think Morrison has more interest in this world or no? I don't know. Yeah, because, like, he, the fact that he wrote the first series was weird. And I was like, oh, this is really, like, different for Grant Morrison. I was surprised at that. Grant but, Morrison does not seem like the kind of guy who could be pressured into doing a story he doesn't want to do by a publisher. That's that's absolutely true. So, yeah, so I guess this was him. It just seemed very weird that, like, was this like a, like a, did they just cut his, his other series short due to sales? Like, I don't know. Like, it's very, it just seems like an odd move to bring out this one shot right at Christmas, which makes sense as a publisher, but weird the fact that they try to condense it to this one little story instead of mi- do, milking it for another miniseries. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really, that's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm sure there's something more behind this. It seemed like an odd choice. For them to release another one shot like this, but you know, I, if they come out with more claws, I'll be there. Like I, I like I, like you said, I love I love the this world and characters. When it was like, first announced, Morrison described it as Lord of the Rings meets Batman Begins. What the fuck? I thought I, I thought well, the only one I heard was the All Star Superman for Santa Claus pitch, but that's Lord of the Rings meets Batman Begins. Interesting, huh? I can kind of so see that, it, but no. Right. So does that mean it's going to continue for fucking six more movies? Here's <laughs> goddamn hoping. I want to see yeah. that. I want to see more of this. I want to fucking develop. I want to see how the relationship develops between fucking Santa Claus and Lily. Who's that? His wolf. Gr- oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. I didn't know his name. Yeah. Her name. Be- because being because being that he is immortal. And in all the stories, Mrs. Claus is immortal. And in that first issue, they brought up, and in that first series, they brought up the idea of werewolves. I could totally see a story progressing in such a way that ends with him fucking that wolf. <laughs> he does love the wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the closest thing we've seen to a Mrs. Claus was the fucking former Baroness of that goddamn kingdom. Yeah. And like, and like, he would come back every year, and they dance and shit at the Yule time and whatever. And then she fucking died. Then he went to the moon. So, elves are a thing. The fucking factory is a thing. Mrs. Claus does not appear to be a thing right now. So, I, so if the next story is fucking fucking Claus and the journey of self discovery, where where he turns where it turns out that Claus is just a super furry, right? <laughs> his persona is a fucking plain striding black wolf named Umbrasil. 
You know that these fucking ice creatures are straight out of Game of Thrones, though. That start attacking them. That's like the uh, well, winter is. Well, no, no, those ice, that- the, those ice the ice creatures in this are made out of wood. Oh, is that the Pinocchio stuff too? That he yeah yeah like uh yeah we see uh like a horde like when he first gets to the moon when he first gets to the factory oh, right, like right, a horde right, of ice right, creatures right, start right. coming at him and he right. then just fucking gets a tree and destroys them and oh they're made of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm just flipping through it again right now because I had forgotten some stuff. Yeah, it is wood. That's um it's just the look of them. They look like those uh, ice walker type creatures. Not at all. Or, actually, like, I guess they... the people from Thor. Well, no, that's true. They're more spiky. They're more like the Thor characters. Yeah, yeah, th- they are. They are more frost giant than White yeah. Walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Is he drinking a beer in this scene when he when it, like, or is that a pop? You know when he when he he goes into the house and the father attacks him. <laughs> uh, I am looking at that now. Uh, I believe it's a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I remember liking that. I was like, hey, look, he's hanging out with a beer. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, some odd choices being made in this series. And then, and then like, like that troll character, the spoon liquor guy. Yeah. I believe he was an elf. <laughs> yeah, elf. He looks like a fucking troll. Though. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks, he, he looks like, a, he looks like a fucking trademarked troll doll. You ever seen the <laughs> weird question? <laughs> totally. Right, left field here. Did you ever see that movie, um, Ernest Scared Stupid? I did not. <laughs> okay, never mind then. There's some fucking weird troll like creature in that movie. <laughs> That's what this guy looks like. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. I'm just t- just talking shit right now. So, And then he, yeah, had, no, he I, ends I, up fighting off the fucking curse of the Witch of the Winter on his dog by singing at it. Yeah, no, it just it was too much. It was too much. There's a fucking, right. uh, there's a fucking like three other elves. One of them's like fucking half as tall as the other ones. One of them has two fake legs. The other one's just a fucking surly old asshole. <laughs> yeah. Name their names are Stubby, Sheepcoat, and Gullygawk. <laughs> uh, his 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 sleigh though is 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 great. Yeah, the fucking like Technicolor Slade. All, all psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Or the um that throne room that he gets put in, um the Hall of Memorabilia. That that's that's really cool too. Yeah. They, uh, all the Yeah, no, that's the thing. I I liked a lot of the different things in here, but like you said it was just way too packed. Yeah, they're like just it, way too much. Was, yeah. Oh, also, I hope they do more. the issue. Uh they teased a big old thing coming in fucking February. A crossover between the Green Lantern Corps and Planet of the Apes. Oh, they're doing that that crossover. Okay. Yep, and the, it appears that the Green Lantern Corps members they want to, uh, you know, show off are, you know, Pal Jordan, uh, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, Kilowog, Tomah Ray, uh, that eight-year-old girl Hal Jordan had sex with, and a bundle of hay. Oh yeah, this is um Oh yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? I'm looking at it right now. Oh, Barnaby Begenda is the artist. Oh, that's the guy who did um Omega Men with um with Tom King. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Look at these crossovers that are going on these days. They're so fucking, fucking weird. Just yeah, Justice League and the Power, Power Rangers. You guys, no, you guys that have one makes, to talk about that, that one. Makes one. Sense. Guys, that one makes some fucking guess, sense. Power guess, Rangers have been around since the like have been around almost as long as Justice League in, in the popular culture's mind. No, I know. I no, no. I get it. Like it's one of those things where, like, I guess at the same time, you're like, why isn't this happened sooner? Like, it was like when they did the Turtles and Batman crossover. I was like, that one don't make like, any fucking sense. What do you mean, though? But the, this, the turtles are based off of like a lot of Batman type elements, though. Like they, that's um, the, just East because they're Lair, ninjas the doesn't mean they're like Batman. Hashtag not all ninjas. No, Eastman East and Laird themselves, the creators, though, said that they were taking obviously so they were ripping off a lot of things back then. From yeah, it was it was bodies. largely Daredevil. Yeah, that too. They've said that's true. Yeah, like the the fucking origin story of the turtles is Frank Miller. The ultimate, the ultimate, the fucking like origin story of the turtles is an alternate origin story of Daredevil. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Daredevil was the 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 big one. You're right, but yeah, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil was a blonde kid walking on the street, got hit in the fucking face with radioactive goop, and then the fucking turtles is a blonde haired kid walking on the street, got hit in the turtle bowl by a radioactive pile of goop. Right, because Miller's Daredevil was out at that time, and yeah, that is yeah, they made him a ninja. Yeah. So, yeah, I know you're right. It's definitely more, but, but I can't, I can't, you can't say that Batman and the Ninja Turtles have like, it should have been done sooner. It seems odd that it's coming out now, but yeah, crazy crossovers going on right now. But yeah, I am super looking forward to fucking Justice League meets goddamn Power Rangers. Oh, I bet. I bet. I'm looking forward to you guys talking about it. It's going to be, it's going to be so good or so terrible. Yeah. Either way, I'm going to love it. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> That'll be good. It's it's really who's writing it? Let me see. Oh, Tom Taylor. Ah, that's gonna be fucking crazy shitballs, fucking stuff going on in that one. Then. Oh hell yeah, that's, dog. Uh, Tom Taylor, uh, injustice. Tom Taylor, right? Oh, that's great. Yeah, Steven dog. It's just, that's just gonna be this is gonna be insane, dude. Oh, that's coming out this month. Oh, huh. sick. Nice. All right. I kind. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking at the way they Next lined episode. up. Look at the way Maybe. they lined up these characters. Like, uh, like the cross, like the crossover thing. It has, uh, it has, you know, half. Of, it's split down the middle. Uh, one side is Justice League doing, you know, their big fucking shit. The other side is the Power Rangers doing their shit, mirroring the Justice League. And then uh, they have a, uh, then they have, you know, the Red Ranger and Superman. The Red Ranger in his rightful fucking place is the leader of the team. You assholes who say the Green Rangers in charge. Fuck you. <clears throat> first off. <laughs> I was supposed to say I'm one of those people. <laughs> Green Rangers better. Fucking Jason is the leader of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, not Tommy. Listen, listen, just let's just get White Ranger in here already, okay? Fuck you. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I, I'm not a big enough fan to say anything. I just <laughs> so. But no, like like the first three of these, like the first three team ups, make a lot of sense, and the last one makes sense, but only because of racism. <laughs> Is it Cyborg and uh, uh, Black Ranger? Yeah, uh, no, it it's John it? Stewart and the Black Ranger. Oh, <laughs> that's right. I'm looking. I just flipped it back open. <laughs> yeah, well, Superman, it's, the Red Ranger, uh, I, Billy, and Batman. That is going to be a thing. I'm going to love to see. Fucking Billy and Batman sciencing their way out of a problem is going to be great. Sure. Yeah. Then Wonder Woman and Pink Ranger, obviously. Uh, the Flash and the Green Ranger. They should have got a better I, character for that on Justice League side. <laughs> no, if that was Flash I, and the Red Dino Thunder Ranger, I could understand it. But Green, I don't know. 
<laughs> and then Cyborg, Cyborg and Trini. I you gotta love you gotta love uh the the Black Ranger's triumphant fist in the air. <laughs> I hear you guys. He is so tiny. Fucking John Stewart is bigger than him. And fucking Zach was Zach was essentially the like secondary leader of the team. And he just fucking wow. back like, hey guys, I'm here too. Yeah. Like 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 couldn't they have moved him up a little bit beside the young ranger? <laughs> yeah, just like, like fucking the- just like, you know, scale him up by like fucking ten percent. The proportion on that is fucked. He's they just really so, shit it all over him there. He's so like, tiny. <laughs> hey guys, don't forget about me. Hey guys, you want to see the hip hop keto? I now want to see Batman learn hip hop keto. <laughs> uh, man. Someone out there, Anyways. please, please do a video of the. Please do, please dress up in costume and have the Black Ranger teach Batman hip hop keto. Uh. It is. Yeah. Hip hop Aikido. Is that like a training that he goes by? Or uh, no, like- no, that is Zach's own. That is the Black Ranger, Zach's own originally created fighting style. Nice. Was that established in the show or? Yes, according to. Yes, in the Wikipedia entry. Zach enjoyed martial arts just as much as he did dancing, and as a result, created his own fighting style called Hip Hop Keto. The customized art consisted of dance-like maneuvers flourished with fast and powerful strikes, much like capoeira or seen or as seen by actor Daniel O'Neill in Bangkok Adrenaline. <laughs> this effective combination of power and prowess made Zach an incredibly formidable combatant. However, he would sometimes tone down his style and mimic the attacks of Billy to simultaneously strike opponents. He was also yeah, very resourceful. On several occasions, it was his kind to let his team to victory. Such occasions included his, his discovery of the means to overcome the Nasty Knight, who was sent to isolate and destroy him on his birthday. The monster possessed the ability to redistribute uh, the ranger's powers in order to fry the weapons and they, they used against him. When the storm-bringing chimera monster, Goten, froze the Megazord, Zack analyzed with little resources the Megazord, and, the Megazord had left and used it to regain dominance in the battle. Yeah, you know, because... Because he's black, so they had to give him a hip-hop type thing. <laughs> it was the 90s. Black people being into hip-hop wasn't racist yet. I don't know. You're the one that brought up the racist Sam Wilson. <laughs> now you're bringing us up. I don't know. I don't know about you. No, I'm just joking. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just changed the subject. That is what we're reading then. On the news. So it's mostly... T- comic book TV news uh, this week. Uh, so Agents of Shield is coming back next week, and there will be no more Ghost Rider because they can't afford him. Oh, really? The effects or the person who's playing him? Uh, they can't afford the effects. Yeah. Well, I know everyone was really surprised at that, like how they were. They're like, "Wow, this is really good for." Uh, <laughs> no yeah, wonder yeah, it, right? it was really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Jed Whedon, uh, the co-showrunner, along with uh, fellow producer Jeffrey Bell, admitted to TV Line that there were quote financial considerations in the choice to end Robbie's storyline in the mid-season finale. Hmm. All right. That's a shame. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, he might return at some point. Oh, you never know. Next season, yeah, maybe I don't know. One. Have have him show up and just you know not be on fire. 
I just feel that this is the biggest buzz that the show has ever gotten in, in terms of like at least being like somebody who's just listening to the news articles come out. Like I when I heard, oh yeah, this, it definitely was like, is. It was the fucking right. big shit about that. And now it's like, oh, we can't afford him. Like, like they, they changed the entire like marketing of that show. Like every single like title card for season four up to that point was fucking Agents of Shield Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider was essentially the subtitle for the season. Mm-hmm. Now the subtitles LMD. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anywho, uh, moving on. Uh, so Jeff Johns, uh, DC president and CCO. Has tweeted out a bu- tweeted out a bunch of shit recently uh, that talked about some new things coming the way coming uh, coming our way, including a brand new as of yet unannounced uh, DC TV show. Hmm. Yeah, so he uh, tweeted uh, more D- more hashtag DC TV uh, with Flash, Arrow, Gotham, <laughs> Legends Tomorrow, Fox, and Supergirl. I mean, sorry, Lucifer and Supergirl. And many more, one of which will be announced soon. Probably hmm. neat. I guess. Uh, assuming, yeah. it, assuming it is part of the actual DC TV universe and not just some standalone thing on Fox or tied to Gotham. Right. Yeah, <sighs> something that, that, that yeah. Do, do they say it's going to be part of the... Um... They do not. It just that, just no? that one more, okay. just that one will be announced soon. Hmm. What do you think it would be? I have no idea. There are so many that they could potentially do shit with. That's true. But yeah, and then he also tweeted out that he is that uh, Jeff Johns has started writing comics again. Okay. He had uh, taken a break for a while to focus more on, like I guess, the TV and movie stuff, and now he's coming back, and he's coming back with Doctor Manhattan. His own series, or he's gonna like follow up on the rebirth? We stuff don't know because that. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it started out with uh, writing. Com- it started out just uh, all this. All this fucking shit started with this uh, tweet. Just um, writing comics again. Stay tuned. Happy New Year and a close-up picture of Doctor Manhattan's face. Okay, I think he's. I think he's probably going to pick up on the um, the threads that he left from Rebirth because that was the last thing I think he had r- written for them to set everything up. Right. So probably. Um, yeah, because I know that upcoming in a future. Um, Superman, I think they're crossing over Superman and Action Comics in March. There's going to be like a little event. I think um, Dr. Oz or whatever was mentioned in the solicits. So okay. I, I don't know if that has something to do with the whole Watchmen thing like that was brought up originally. But we'll see, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I would like to know. I like how they didn't address it at first. As long as it's not as lean as a fucking New 52 uh, Trinity person that was in the background of every fucking comic where they're like, oh, fucking like Trinity or look at this character. And they like brought her out like fucking two years later and no one gave a shit. And just like, yeah, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, so <laughs> was like, like if it's something garbage like that, we're like, uh, anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay positive. DC has been doing good so far in a lot of things. Yeah. So far. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, look looking at the DC TV stuff, uh, people seem to people seem to have uh, some speculation, and the biggest one that I've seen kind of floating around out there is uh, Black Lightning. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And other people have been uh, saying that they want like a they want like a new Constantine show. They want a uh, Tyler Hoechlin. 
to get his own Superman series. A buddy cop series set in Green Lantern, a Legion of Superhero series, or Zatanna. Green Lantern is too outside of their budget, probably. Zatanna yeah. would be cool. Oh, and appa- apparently, apparently, there has been some talk about HBO developing a series based on the question. Now, that's the right, um, that's the, the right platform for a show like that if they wanted to make it grim and gritty like the original series, although I doubt yeah. that Vic they would Sage be interested doing in- daredevil shit. Yeah, I don't know. That's more of like, like, that's more of like an avenue that they could go down with if they had some sort of Netflix deal like Marvel did. But HBO seems like the wrong, like, HBO I don't think is interested in doing superhero shows. But, but just imagine, right? but just, just imagine, a network like the CW doing a straight like neo noir story with the question. Like, the CW like, doing it? No, that would be that. That wouldn't be good. It's, it's t- no, it's tied. No, like yeah. it's, it's tied into all the other shows in some okay. in, in some way. But it's not a CW show in the way that the other shows are CW shows. Like it's not mm-hmm. about fucking hot twenty somethings saving the world and fucking each other. Right. It, it's it's about a it's about a guy in his thirties who will probably be hot with no face. For most of the show, just fucking going out, solving mysteries, asking questions, being a dick to everybody. I'd be good with that. Like that's that. I would probably watch that. Like if that's the, if that was the case, that would be that great. Sounds, that would be fucking yeah, spectacular. That would, that would. Or yeah, yeah. No, I, that would be good. Yeah, I agree. It's never gonna happen. I, if 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 the no. CW gets their hands, <laughs> the fucking, if the CW gets their hands, the goddamn question. Yeah. Then it's gonna just turn into. Like hat, like for fucking five minutes an episode, he has no face, and the rest of it, he's just a hot guy macking on people. <laughs> I definitely think it'd be better, uh, in my opinion personally. Although I like both versions, if yeah, like you said, it's the Vic Sage version, not the Mon- uh, Montoya one. The- I, I would, I would. Okay, mo- if, I would, if it was a CW, there they'd more they'd be more likely to go with Renee Montoya because they're super into gay Which people. I- well, I'm fine. I'd be fine with the Renee Montoya one too. I like, I, I like Vic the Sage. The same, same. That's what. That's where I'm going with this. I I would be fine yeah. with Renee Montoya, Montoya as is well. Fine. But yeah, is did she ever actually show up on Gotham though? Or yeah, no? she did. She was terrible. Oh, okay. She was so a that's... she was a super <laughs> jealous lesbian who was he was super super jealous lesbian. A uh, former girlfriend of Jim Gordon's current girlfriend, and convinced Jim Gordon is dirty. Even when all the evidence points to the contrary, she's like, I'm going to nail you one day, you fucking corrupt asshole. And then she dies. I will say, I may have even seen that episode. It's just very forgettable. I, I, I will say it was, he had two pretty good looking women fighting over him, Gordon. There in that show. I was like, I was like, his current girlfriend, uh, whenever I stopped watching the show, was uh, that chick who was in Deadpool. Um, uh, Marina Baccarin? Yeah, yeah, uh, she's good looking. Yeah, he sent her off to be safe. She had a miscarriage, and then less than six months after she had a miscarriage, she started dating somebody else. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. That's terrible. Yep. So. Then Jim started dating Valerie Vale, the aunt of Vicky Vale, who is the exact same as Vicky Vale, except her name is Valerie. Oh, okay. Uh, they broke up and she got shot. <laughs> because of the Mad Hatter. Ah. So you're still watching the show then? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you, you just follow it. I dropped that shit right after that shit happened. Okay. <laughs> yep. They started turning Michael Chiklis into the executioner. Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm good. I am. I've had my fill, Gotham. Thank you. 
Yeah. Fuck you, but thank you. Yeah. Anyway. Is there, yeah. Is there still other news articles here? No, that's it. Okay, then quickly before you wrap up, not that it's <laughs> even worth mentioning, possibly. Uh, I thought you maybe would have had this one. Uh, did you hear about the terrible news that Rob Liefeld just got a sack full of money for his TV rights to image old image properties? I did not. <laughs> he recently it was on his twitter feed i see that someone retweeted it the other day apparently someone that is not in their right mind has just given rob life such a load of money for the rights to me uh, make movies or, or productions of some sort of all of his like old image like his older image properties like probably something in like the young blood territory goody yeah <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to mention it or not, but when I read it, I was like, wow. I was just like, at the same time, I was like, I guess good for him because he fucking somehow convinced somebody to pay for these fucking properties. I doubt they're going to go anywhere with these things, but... If they um, make Youngblood uh, show, they're going to spend so much of their budget on white contacts. <laughs> yeah. It'll be, I, really, uh, it'll be really interesting to see actors have their feet cut off into triangles. Right? Also, how many pouches do you think there'll be in the first shot of this show? <laughs> I think they, they're going to end up spending the whole uh, budget on pouches. <laughs> yeah, the, the effects are going to be some fucking bullshit that somebody made up in like a free version of a three D render of some three D rendering software because they spent all their money on pouches, or all yeah, their money, think- all, or all the C- all their CG budget will go towards pouches. It, yeah, so. Yeah, there will not Googled be a single it. pouch on set. It will just be green bandoliers that they then digitally impose <laughs> fucking pouches onto. Because no real person can move with that many pouches strapped to their fucking legs. People are just like floating in midair. <laughs> with their triangular feet next <laughs> to a pouch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just Google okay, it. Occasionally so, the oh. effects fuck up and their, and their triangle feet turn into pouches. <laughs> I just Google it. It says, according to Deadline.com, Deadpool Rob Liefeld, an extreme universe packed with Graham King, Fundamental Films, Akiva Goldsman. Fuck you. Par- Fuck you, yeah, Goldsman. Par- apparently he bought the film rights of uh, to his extreme universe. Extreme. What's in there? Yeah. Uh, blood- so Brigade, Bloodstrike, Cybrid, <laughs> Lethal, Regex, Bloodwolf, Battlestone, Baboom, and Nitrogen. This deal follows one made by Goldsman last fall, where he set the fallen angel character Evangeline at Paramount as a feature he intends to direct. What, what, what What's kind of great about that little list is half of those characters are Wolverine knockoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's fucked up. I just think that's a waste of money. Oh, definitely. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> no one's fucking sitting there thinking, you know what I want in a fucking movie? It's a fucking cybrid. Oh, listen to this. Said King, Rob has an uncanny ability to create unique stories with unforgettable characters. Oh, honey. <laughs> An extreme universe is no exception. <laughs> oh, fun. oh, honey. You, yeah. this is your first comic book, isn't it? That's sad. I know. When I read that, when I see that on Twitter, I was like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, are you serious? <sighs> oh, 
so I felt I should share that with you. I didn't know if that was going to be included in the in the rundown of comic book news, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> Liefeld makes more money off his non, uh, <laughs> you know, the Deadpool success, which he doesn't deserve. <laughs> yeah. So thank so you all for joining us. His- <laughs> I'm about to piss myself. So, all right. So we'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of the DeathStoreProds.com comic book podcast. Pretty sure he'll be back by then. In between now and then, they're going to be having our regular run of news, maybe reviews, podcasts, all kinds of bullshit, but until then, I'm the dead man. I need to go. Happy New Year, everybody, and we'll see you guys next time.